0: Welcome to File Under Entertainment Podcast with Eric and Jared, where we're continuing our alphabetic adventure. We're cutting through the celluloid jungle, I guess, making way to pave, to set up filing cabinets. I don't know. It's, that was great. <laughs> it's the best. We'll have to a great start, as always. This is our B episode. I'm Eric, as always, joined by co-host, super producer Jared. Go ahead and say hello to the persons.
1: Hello to the persons.
0: You're the worst. Where else can they find you? And Uh, more of that sarcasm.
1: File Entertainment Podcast, where I am the co-host and the producer. Then there's more File Entertainment Podcast, where I talk about the NFL, and then there's the other File Entertainment Podcast, where I talk about random Reddit nonsense.
0: Okay, wow! Did you all under the banner of File and Entertainment? That's mm-hmm. cool. What What he actually meant to say was the Evil Mark Show, the Friday edition, and nobody's listening. But uh, also joining us is our good friend David from Let's Play Death Ray. Hello, David.
2: Hi, David.
0: God damn you both! <laughs>
2: <laughs> and,
0: and where can where uh, can I find more of you, sir?
2: Don't worry, I was going to get into it. Um, you right. can find more of me outshining Jake. The uh, hard worker, but I'm clearly the raw talent of uh real piece of sitcom, uh, where we are taking a thematic approach to watching every single sitcom ever made. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I hope you guys join us for that. Also, you can find us on twitch.tv slash Ray where we stream video games uh, and in general have a good time. Also, you can find me as uh, I don't even know what my title is at this point on Nobody's Listening, but I'm there and I make it fun. So you're welcome. It's-
0: Empty chair is what Jared's always saying.
2: Yeah, you. well, that's because he doesn't know how to time manage, but that's okay.
0: It seems to be <laughs> an ongoing theme with, with We Jared. have
1: argued enough on this topic.
0: <laughs> I love you, buddy. Well, everybody strap in because we have got uh, a supersized episode for you today. I think we've got the three movies as usual, all of us uh, making a selection, but I think uh, the runtimes might be eclipsed by the the banter and the discussion as we get into deep dives for these three films. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a fun one. So uh, let's, without any further ado, Jared, once again, your movie was first on the docket. What did you choose for us to partake in?
1: Sure. Uh, so what I chose for us uh, on the docket today was actually a movie that I randomly fell in love with uh, called Blade Runner 2049. It is the sequel to the original Blade Runner. I highly discourage you from watching the first one. It is boring. Uh, I didn't understand the plot of it and it made like zero sense to me. Uh, But 2049 came out in 2017, Uh, believe it or not.
0: Right away with the hot takes. Oh (laughs) Oh,
1: God, 100%. Uh, it was written almost by almost universally beloved uh, Blade Runner. We're we're not talking about that, okay? We're talking about the the story that was written by Hamter Francher, Michael Green, and Philip K. Dick. Uh, wait, 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 I'm sorry. What? Who? Uh, Hamter Francher.
0: Okay, you said a Hamter Francher.
1: Fucking whatever. His, name's weird. Not... His name's weird. His name's weird. I don't have a weird right. name. That is
0: Hamter Francher.
1: Dennis Villanueva directed it, starring My Heartthrob, Ryan Gosling, uh, Harrison Ford, Anna Day Arms, who, by the way, is fucking sexy as shit in this movie, uh, Robin Wright, Sylvia. Hoax? Hoax, and then our Lord and Savior, Jared Leto, the King of Weird. <laughs> yeah. IMDb gave it a, a, a solid 8.0, Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 88% certified fresh. I got an eight point three out of ten by the average, and then the audience was an eighty-eight percent. Um, I don't know. What what do you want to hear? Do you guys want to hear the the, the IMD synopsis? Or do you want to hear about my we synopsis? We want to hear
0: we want to hear Jared's synopsis and then we wanna hear what how wildly different that is from what IMDB had to All say right. about it. Absolutely. So my
1: synopsis is an optimist. Is a young replicant who's hunting down one of his own. In an odd twist of fate, he finds out that he may be the prodigy, in a secret that could rattle the world and bring about a revolution. In a tale that spun in Mass Effect and and Detroit become human, kind of. Uh, this will send you in three different directions as you slowly unravel the story before K or Joe does out there. Uh, I am DB, the one who supposedly correct, As young Blade Runner K's discovery of a long buried secret leads him to track down a former Blade Runner rick deckard who's been missing for 30 years
0: see they they try to make it more concise and they just give you the broad strokes and they don't don't always uh make it very coherent yours actually was uh really good a little bit long-winded and i don't think that they would have also included the uh the detroit become human kind of analogy that you made but it was actually a really good synopsis well done jared
1: and and this is where we get down to the breakdown baby
0: it is correct. It just
1: keeps going.
0: <laughs> yeah, I should have just had the. I should have had the one. Maybe we should trim that up. We should nah. have that just be five no. seconds instead of ten seconds. It's Clip a little slip it little in long. there. you know. <laughs> yeah so in 2049 30 years after the events of blade runner bioengineered humans known as replicants are slaves k short for serial number kd6-3.7 is a nexus 9 replicant he works for the los angeles police department as a quote-unquote blade runner an officer who hunts and retires air quotes aka kills rogue replicants after retiring replicant Sapper Morgan, Kay finds a box buried under a tree at the farm containing the remains of a female replicant who died during a cesarean section, demonstrating that replicants can reproduce biologically previously thought impossible. Kay's superior, Lieutenant Joshi, fears that the knowledge could lead to war between humans and replicants and orders Kay to retire the replicant child. Now, I've been told that my uh, synopses are too long as I I try to trim up (laughs) the wikipedia thing and i'm still at like a page so i don't know if you want want to can read this entire wall of
1: text i can condense it i can condense it
0: go ahead and condense it i mean we have to get kind of all the broad strokes we'll we'll get we'll get all the broad strokes we'll get all the broad
1: strokes okay okay so k the main homie in this movie all right he goes on this adventure trying to figure it out he does his detective bullshit that he does figures out that (laughs) oh he may be the prodigy through finding a really cool piano piece, right? That wasn't a real piano. There was a deadlock. He found a little little thing. He, he meets a lady who, like, tells him about how he gets his dreams, which then leads him to believe that all dreams have real people in it, and therefore, because he was dreaming something real, which is what the lady in the bubble told him, that he believes he's a prodigy, right? Goes to find K because K, uh, no, he goes to find Deckard because Deckard is actually a replicant, which he didn't know that in the first movie. He found out, that he had sex with the lady. The lady was a replicant. They had the replicant baby. And then he was like, oh, we got to go find your kid. And then he thought he was the kid, that he wasn't come to find out the lady in the bubble was a the kid. There you go. Story v. story. And then Kay says, yeah, he solved the problem because he thought he was the replicant, but he,
0: he wasn't. Well, okay. That that was a, a very good job at like getting the, the overall broad strokes. Yeah. Very good, Jared. Broad strokes. I mean, th- there are... like the reason that this movie is nearly three hours long is because they have like the whole Jared Leto thing where he's the blind kind of maestro, the creator of the the replicants. Um, he has his right hand woman replicant. Kind David of looks so bored soldier, with that. Uh, who's named love who she's kind of also after the, the child and trying to stop, uh, K in his tracks, um, K, who is later named Joe, uh, by his holographic love interest, played uh, By uh, uh, his, joy <laughs> his, joy his joy model. No,
2: listen, yes, no, listen, yes. The shorter synopsis for this movie is actually E Boy Falls in Love with Internet Waifu. That's <laughs> fucking all this movie is. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they focus on. This could have been a good movie. There's good movie in there. He's
1: not a real boy. He's not a real boy. That's why I said E-boy. Because neither are they. Oh, and by the way, when Love, the replicant, goes, be a good boy. I was like, oh. Oh. oh, oh, oh." (laughs) That, that, that stroked the ego a little bit. But, yeah, like, it, I am curious because like every chance they get to give K a little bit of humanity you're like oh my god this is like like he's a person they rip it away from you in some massive show of force right like of course he's going to love a fucking
2: AI program What dude. do you mean of course that doesn't make sense at all What do you mean he's what a are fucking you talking about? He's a machine None of this makes this could have been a good movie if they removed all of that
1: the love the the whole love thing that Him he had
2: and his fucking ai and the creator of this shit's like boner for wanting to bone robots and or ai <laughs> the jared little one ruins this series yeah the, the first one mm-hmm. had the same problem like stop trying to fuck robots and ai and uh, your yeah, movies that,
0: would be good that basically don't was take away my obama story. sex robots
2: first off okay
1: <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> yes, if, if you removed the Jared Leto part out of this fucking thing and you're just like, hey, love, uh, this could like totally uh like be the solution, like go solve it. Like it didn't need that whole fucking stroke session to whatever the fuck Jared Leto was doing. That was no, but,
2: creepy but even that actually plays into the story. There weird. is literally no substance between. Uh, the scenes with him and the Joy uh, model. No. Joe and Joy, that whole thing, there's no substance to it. They're trying to make him human. They are trying to add substance, but they totally fucking fail. And even the supposed heart-wrenching, like, climactic scene to that and the end of that, where they she steps on it and kills her, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. or whatever, and destroys <laughs> her forever, had no impact. One, because Ryan Gosling has absolutely... No emotional range in this,, well, yeah, and yet and yet enough to not be robotic enough to sell as a non-person
0: so that was one of my notes was that I actually felt like he actually did a really good job of playing the replicant like he was very robotic in his mannerisms like he, he definitely kind of sells that he is a, a replicant and without emotion until he has that thing where he doesn't meet baseline where he's met where he now thinks that he is the product of you he's know this prod- replicant birth he, he thinks that he's the prodigal mm-hmm. son right so now right. he's kind of questioning everything and wondering is he truly human and all of his shit goes haywire. It kind of shows that uh Jared Leto as much as don't yeah. so like, car- like his character like his character as this... the engineer definitely did a good job at making replicants feel like they could be human because now Ryan Gosling as K is having this kind of crisis of like faith like am I really human? Like he doesn't know if so, he's a replicant or not. Again, I think Ryan Gosling I, sold that really well. I yes. agree,
2: except in everything that they do with the joy model. That's why I say oh, like yeah. he's just there everything with the joy thing is just absolutely out of whack and does not fit, but it's, it's the, bringing that it's, whole it's humanizing him, but it's not you. It, it just makes it, it's so boring. And dude, just wait till you get to the note that my wife made me fucking take down. Cause she watched <laughs> this one with me and holy shit. Um, yeah. We watched no, they two could, very different movies. They could strip out everything with the joy model and leave the shitty. I play the same character every time Jared Leto in. And the movie makes sense and is coherent. I think really what you need to strip out of this is everything between him and his little waifu. And the movie is much better.
1: Let me ask you this: Do you remember Mass Effect when the Geth became sentient and we are legion, we are one, we are like you, you, you? Basically, they're fighting for their ability to live and be sentient and, and live on their own. And you, as Shepard, have to make that decision. Do they show enough that I hate to use this word humanity to be like, okay, yeah, no, you were an actual being. Yes, you are synthetic. Yes, you were a, a creature built, but you ab- obtain obtained sentience to do what you want, how you want, when you want, on your own free will and your own free thinking. That's the whole come around to think, the joy model.
2: But I think every single part of the movie, except the joy model, does it better. Like, I, you're right, that is the point. And that is one of my notes and one of the things that I want to talk about with that with this movie, because this movie does ask interesting questions and forces you to think about interesting things. But it does it in a boring ass way. And the joy model does not succeed. It does not land. You've been mugged
1: too much recently. (laughs) 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 That's all all I'm putting out there, man.
0: Further into the weeds. Uh, I did want to say, like, I knew going in that all of these movies were going to be pretty violent. So I was curious before we started uh, as to how many deaths we were actually going to be witnessing. So I decided that I was going to keep a desensitized to violence counter. (laughs) Uh, I then thought that we should uh, include the movies from A and have a running count for all the movies that we cover this entire season. Oh, God. And while I was initially wondering if we would even get to a thousand, like after just two letters in, I'm guessing we're going to eclipse the population of a small country. Uh, maybe, any, maybe even
2: a mid-sized one. So What, what
1: do you mean? Really? Deaths? Like, how, what, what, what do you mean?
2: Well, so let's uh, get it. Okay. If we're going to do this, I would stipulate a rule that animal deaths have to count for two.
1: Yes. Yes. Animal deaths okay. count for at least two.
0: All right. Well, so, I mean, I didn't affect it. Well, I kind of pseudo. Well, we'll see. So, I mean, now, granted, <laughs> not all of these uh, occurred on screen, but if it was a death that was mentioned or significant to the story, I counted it. So, in Ace Ventura, there was two, right? There was Roger Predactor, and there was the hiker, Lois Einhorn, which Finkel then adopted the identity of. So, Airbud had one. It was the father, which was, you know, prompted the move, kind of did the whole story. <laughs> Alien mm. versus Predator had 363 apparently according to the wikipedia article article they'd spell them all out so they definitely did the math i'll take the okay. word for it i obviously uh <laughs> i obviously won't hear it spell out who they were so after a we're at 366 okay for this first film blade runner 2049 my personal count was 15 but obviously i missed a whole shit ton because the wiki counts 49 well, which is-, is nice numerical symmetry. Like symmetry there, like 49 in Blade Runner 2049. But
1: the airstrike killed at least 15 people when she yeah. was doing the 20 degrees left. Yeah, no, the, the like she murdered at least fit. Like, if I if they're saying 49, I think that's a conservative yeah. number with the airstrikes that she laid right ra- 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 upon.
0: That said it was like
2: 22 or something that that died. Yeah. And then that. remember, and...
1: K does die at the very end too. So.
2: Well, but is does that... he count as a person? Well, he better he better
1: We could put an asterisk
2: to fifty <laughs> on there. It's I mean, the is point that... of the movie, Jared. That's all
0: <laughs> I mean, like, okay, we're it's ostensibly he's suffered this mortal wound, right? And like his last kind of uh He
1: dies literally on action. The screen. Yeah. yeah.
0: Is yeah. that really spelled out? Like, I think it cuts away to Harrison Ford, like, yeah, like putting his hand on the bubble before, like, Ryan Gosling really right before dies. It, right before it cuts, he completely, you see a
1: little bit of a jitter in him. It's very, very subtle. It's a very, very small, like, jilt. And you can see the, the vein in his forehead puff up just a little bit, like he's holding his breath, getting ready to be super still for that death scene. And then it pans away to, to Decker putting his hand on the glass with his adorable daughter who's in the bubble.
0: Okay. Well, so I don't know if they counted that or not. They Put just an asterisk 50.
1: Mark it, mark it down, Smokey. <laughs> asterisk 50. Right.
0: So, well, well, but I'm saying, I don't know. They might have marked that as one of the deaths. If dogs I, count I, as I two, know.
1: he counts as two, too, because he's a heartthrob in my mind. Okay. He's human <laughs> and he's real to me.
0: Well, so we're going to cover the other film's numbers and get our total at the end, but I, I definitely did want to cover that. Um my first note, like, right off the mm. bat, I felt like they personally wasted Dave Bautista in this film. Yes. Uh, I think that that role could have gone to pretty much anyone. Like, that seemed like... Why? Why him? He didn't really uh, offer anything as Dave Bautista. Like, it, uh, it's start just start like,
2: guys, I think he's... I think he's sellable and believable as, like, an old war hero. Um. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than that, yeah, fair. I mean... But also... A, a fight scene with Dave Batista. If you want to sell, like, I'm a badass, do you fight again? No offense. Do you fight one of us three or do you fight Dave Batista? <laughs> you know fair. what I mean? Like...
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the whole physicality of, of that scene where he's punching Ryan into the wall and the wall is flexing, right? And then you have to show <laughs> the, the wall. Yeah. And then you have yeah. to show the speed and the violence of actions and the surprise that Kay is able to do against Batista. And you're like, oh shit to show the physicality and how inhuman they actually are i think it is a wonderful way to show it but they they definitely left a lot to be desired with the whole story behind everything and what it, it could have been a more interesting tale than i'm an old war hero da, da 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 right like they could have they could have done a little bit more to flesh that out but do you want three and a half hours do you want pushing three
0: <laughs> i forgot I that's fair so yeah. I uh, so sorry, like I the... just
2: I my notes just <laughs> refreshed and I read one of them.
0: Go ahead. They're
2: like, <laughs> My first note in this <laughs> was uh or I guess second note was great, even the AI is horny. No wonder Jared likes this movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well oh, maybe <laughs> so, do you guys know what Joy stands for? J O no. I Do you guys
0: want to know? Uh, do we, I don't know. I can, I can maybe hazard a guess. Jack off interface or something. I
1: instructions, jack off instructions.
0: <laughs> I was
1: like, there's no way it's like, cause I looked at it the first time. I was like, joy models, J O Y. Right. I was like, why the I? And then I thought it was some like weird Chinese, Japanese, Korean thing. Cause for some reason, cyberpunk defaults to like half Japanese, half American. And then, you know, just English. And then I just put into Google J O Y and I was like, Oh okay we're not gonna touch that
3: <laughs>
0: well but I mean the, it
1: makes sense because it is technically a hologram and they they can't physically touch you
0: so another one that uh is very Jared centric is Jared's favorite actress must be Sean Young because he's uh played side splitters here without even knowing it he's he's taken Sean Young what? in back-to-back movies Sean Young is Rachel in this film and also plays lieutenant Einhorn in Ace Ventura. So yep. confirmed Jared's favorite actress, Sean Young.
3: Wait, what?
1: <laughs> oh, is she
0: the would, lieutenant? Yeah.
1: Ah, oh, she's a bad I, bitch. I knew I knew I, yeah, I would kidding.
0: love if somehow if you hadn't selected Caddyshack and like your C film was something in Sean Young's catalog, I would have been like, I see where he's going with this, and I like it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, we're, so we were talking about mm-hmm. the dog. Like, that was my biggest concern in one of my major notes. Like, Harrison Ford's dog, Deckard's dog. Like, that's my note. Like, what happens to the dog? There's a shootout. Harrison Ford gets abducted. We're supposed to feel sympathy and, and concern for Deckard. Like, but I'm really concerned about who t- takes care of the dog now. Now what? he's stranded all alone in fucking toxic ass. It's not you know, toxic, though. Lost. Eh, it looked pretty toxic. It said nominal.
1: It was just covered in a dust of haze. I mean, there was the whole bee farm out there. Bees are very, very hypersensitive creatures. If if it was too toxic to live there, the bees wouldn't be there. Which, by the way, honey farm, really? Like, in that desolate nowhere place? Like, are we serious? Do you know how, like, don't you need a lot of, like, flowers and sugar and shit to create honey?
2: And that was also kind of the whole point is that he was hiding in a place that seemed desolate and remote, but he had everything set up and, and running. So... Okay. So,
1: so it was, it's supposed to be a desolate wasteland. Like, there's a bunch of... Super rich.
2: Yeah, there's a bunch of plants and stuff around his place, too, if you look at it. So, yeah. I just had assumed that there was probably, you know, some garden or some shit that he kept running. I mean, it's fucking vegas so
0: <laughs> well so was anybody else super concerned about the dog and yeah that was yes. the burning question was, that was the that this? was
2: i was more concerned about the dog and i my wife actually got up and left the room for a minute because she thought they were going to kill the dog No, uh, and she was like they better not kill the dog
1: i just that's fair i well i i go with his the when they're like oh is he like because when he pours out the whiskey for the dog and you know Ryan's like, Oh, is he real? Ask him. Oh, so you got a replicant dog. That's cool.
0: <laughs>
2: like the dog's going
1: to be fine. Cause he I, does go I, I took ask that him. more
2: to mean like Harrison Ford's character. was kind of beyond <laughs> the, the question of what does real mean? Right. That's, <laughs> that's also
0: what I, I took it to um, mean. but It's vague enough though, that it could be either interpretation. I think it's kind of open-ended so.
2: I would agree yeah
1: i i had so many <laughs> questions that i i wanted answers to and i just didn't i didn't go too i
2: to it i want to say god i'm shitting on this movie so much and i actually enjoyed it yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, um listen it was the it was the best bad movie i've seen in a while um <laughs> but uh, it, like you talk about the plot and, and stuff in, in your synopsis this plot is super fucking obvious um, like if you can even if you even have an inkling of the question that they're trying to force you to ask with this movie like I saw the twist coming every single time there was no surprise there was no anything I even knew he wasn't going to be the 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 chosen one because that makes him too important you can't have him be that. You can't have him be the Messiah role and ask the question about whether or not his existence matters.
0: Well, if, if it was a, really a basic bitch movie, they would have done that. It would have been, like, so on the nose and he would have been, like, but the, it the protagonist but it, that, I mean, this uh, at least tried to throw a curveball. I think it was... It, I think it tried to be edgy, to your point. Like they were like, okay, well, making him the the main guy and like the that would be too obvious, right? Yeah. So we, I think that they felt like they needed to go a different direction, and they were probably patting themselves on the back, thinking like, oh, look at us, we're so clever, we made it so like, everybody was thinking it was gonna be him. Even he thought it was gonna be him, and it wasn't. It's like,
1: so not clever. How though. did how did you know it was the Dream Maker, right? Like how did you how did you know? Is the,
2: the, the minute dude? they introduced. The minute they introduced that character, I was like, "It's her."
1: Well,
0: I mean, I got kinda... uh, it wasn't that quick for me, but it was like wh- as soon as she started crying, like it, it wasn't she wasn't so emotionally like empathetic that she would have been crying off of the hurt of somebody else. Like I figured she's crying because that's something that happened to her. And her, she wants to right. share that memory with everybody else just because it's like, it's a very kind of profound thing. And it's going to be a memory that sticks out because there is so much pain involved. I didn't think that it was like,
2: well, I, she's so literally pathetic. the only character that they'd introduced at that point in the movie that it makes sense for it to be. So
1: why, why does it make sense?
2: What, what do you mean? It Because she's the only character that has a vague enough backstory to potentially be tied into all of this. Two, they literally hide it in plain sight by making her the dream maker. Yeah. Like that's literally what she does. Why are you so good at this? Hmm. Because she's experienced that and she's been trapped in this. Um, they they hint at uh it not being him, anyways with the the whole like implanted memories and stuff as soon as they start talking about that if you draw the connection and again if you remember the question that this movie is trying to ask you which is does it matter if you're organic life or created life does that matter then you know that you can't have uh Ryan Gosling's character being this messianic type figure in this movie because it throws all of the philosophical questions they're trying to ask completely out of whack. So you know it's not him. So then you just had to guess at what other character it was, and the minute they introduced her, I was like, I bet it's her. And then I was right.
1: I hate how so. you guys watch movies, but also, you know, when you, <laughs> defeat, when you defeat the Reapers, you just got to you combine synthetic and organics. That's all you got to do. As Shepard, go for the green. That's how you solve the problem. Everybody's organic. Everybody's... Uh, you know, everybody's synthetic as well, too, which, by the way, for anybody giggling at that and that gets that. Thank you. But <laughs> like, look, I, I've told you guys a thousand and one times the way that I watch the movie, I, I open it when she cried and she was like, like, that's a real dream. I was like, oh, shit, he's real. Like, that's what I thought, because when she's like, you can tell when it's a real dream because it's other people's things. And she goes, I put a little bit of it in into into my thing. I was like, well, she would know because she she talks about how the inaccuracies and everything like that to building the dream. I'm like, well, of course, she's a dream maker, you know, because she like she explains it away enough that the beginning when somebody just watches it with a blank slate like me, that's like, oh, like I like I could see it. But then like, yeah, when it when I came back and oh, I saw her and he's like, what her? I was like, what her? Who's a her? What's a her? Why is it a her?
0: but you they know. also really they, they tip that off though too because they had just gone through the whole thing like immediately before that when she's doing the whole thing with the, the birthday cake and she's talking about the level of details and they keep pushing in on the children's faces and the expressions that they're making she's layering it with all these details and that's how she says that that's how she knows that it's real and she starts crying herself because of the level of detail that's involved so it's not so, so it's something that we know then or that we intuit mm. that she experienced herself just tell me a fucking
1: story. I don't wanna to have to figure it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I like gotta that... say, like I, I initially I watched this on an international flight, uh coming back, captive audience on a plane. I was coming back from South Korea. Like I it looked entertaining. It, it felt entertaining. I just it, it it was long, right? It felt even longer this time. Like still entertaining. I didn't ever want to turn it off or anything, but man, just like it, the length felt gratuitous and, and like bordering on pretentious like yeah. so like it has amazing cinematography like it's framed really really well I think the scenery even when it, it's all interesting even when it's like these these bleak depressing environments it still looks good and mm-hmm. it still like looks like it's a, a a a like a real place that like a tangible kind of place but there's in my mind maybe it's just me but there's so many unnecessary like extended and beleaguered Mm. scenes like they could have trimmed 10-15 minutes easy just (laughs) by cutting (laughs) scenes when they were meant to be cut it's just like it it looks good but well so okay like even at the very beginning uh like we're getting the establishing shots of the farm and then it's like we're, we're seeing all like the just the the nuances of of the farm did we need like 30 seconds focusing on like this pump? No, we didn't need that. And then even when like Batista walks in and uh is already already sitting there, that was what 30 seconds of just silence? Okay, like there's palpable tension because they're they're trying to suss each other out. Like, is he gonna make a move on me right away? Uh, Bautista's thinking, Sapper Morgan, I think was his character. He's thinking like, yeah. okay, well, who is this guy? Does he really, does he know I'm a replicant? What is he here for? Like, there has to be some kind of like length there and intensity to kind of build the tension for everybody. But it just felt so long. It was just like, fucking look at the watch. Like, get on with it, man. Like, like- I-,
2: I agree with you, but I think that scene is the one where I disagree. I agree with the point you're making though. I yeah. think a better example is uh remember the little like orphanage colony thing that he goes to Mm -hmm. um every single time he walks into that fucking hallway they like have a shot where he looks down the hallway and then the (laughs) camera looks down the hallway every single time and then nothing ever happens (laughs) there's
1: no point it's it's his deja vu and i mean to eric's point there are places yes like let's keep it in but like when he's walking outside right and he's he, he's walking from like his car to whatever and i see the snow on the ground and it looks gray i'm like oh is that ash i it they're world building without they're, they're world building in a movie that doesn't need world building right it's already been established in blade runner the original right we get it cuz if you look at his is his his apartment it's actually the same apartment that Deckard has that same stylized and everything. So we get it. We understand. We know the movie, like calm the fuck down, but there are, yes, there are plenty of shots where I think they could have trimmed at well, least half an hour from that fucking movie. At least.
0: It's like, yeah. you're, you're agreeing with me, but then I, I'll push back a little bit because I think that, like, there's a, the, a faction you of can't people do like that. <laughs> you can't make well, a well... Point And then I agree with you. And then they're like, Oh, Jared thinks it's right. So I got to be wrong. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying like the whole thing about like the original Blade Runner. I know that we have like varying or like a difference of opinion about that. But they're, like we talked about in the A episode, there's a faction of people that will not watch any movie that's like prior to 2000 or whatever. So yeah, right. certainly someone's not going to go back and watch a Blade Runner that's from what, like the early 80s or or whatever, whenever it's from, 83 I or 84. Late okay, could possibly I could be wrong it, though. Like, they're gonna be like, it's from the 1900s. There's no fucking way I'm going back to watch this. (laughs) So, this was supposed to be like a standalone film, like, where it had enough kind of like touches to the first one like yeah, enough homages and enough callbacks where it's like fans of the original would still get something out of it, but also it could be enjoyed as a standalone film. And so I think that they had to do some level of world building, but yeah, absolutely. There's just like the whole, the, the beleaguered shots where they, like David was saying, where they push in, in real time down the hallway. It's like, we see it's the hallway. We don't need the camera to go, you know, 30 feet far, farther down it. We don't need that. Oh my God. Arrest yourself,
1: shelf. You guys. <laughs> But, like, even to your point on that, here's the thing. Because uh, they kept talking about the blackout, right? The blackout of 2022, right? That They kept talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. I was like, fine, what the fuck happened? What happened? Like, tell me what happened here. Because... It, if they said it in the original Blade Runner, cool, great, gangster. Uh, as er- uh, in, the, in the words of Ted, uh, in the words of Ernest Hemingway, I wonder how this gun tastes. That's how I felt watching that movie. It was so painfully slow. But I get it. It's because I'm spoiled. It, the newer movies back then, that was quick pacing. Tell me about the fucking blackout. Tell me what happened. Give me a TLDR of why the fuck everything's destroyed. Because then, you know what I had to do? I had to go watch a movie Titled Blackout 2022, which tells I, I was the fucking about... 15 minute tale, and I'm like, I... <laughs> I started watching that after Blade Runner. I was like, fuck, I don't want to do this, and so I just looked at the Wikipedia.
2: <laughs> I was Let's about see to see. ask you if you knew that that was a uh, yeah, a well, so little, that's like... a
0: 15 minute thing. You just said right, like it's a 15 minute 15 video. minutes that they could have cut out of 2049 and inserted that because I'm always a, like a very big proponent of show don't tell, right? Like yeah. don't just don't tell us about it like you're making enough allusions to it that you could have just shown it to us in flashback you could have cribbed many of those instances like david was talking about where he keeps looking down the hallway it's like we get it you're hitting us over the head with it show us an abridged version of the blackout in flashback it could have been even deckard so that you get more scenes with deckard and he's talking about it and how it affected him and what that did for you know just having a kid and Putting the kid in the orphanages he has to fuck off and now there's this blackout that happens and so his his level of concern like you know they, they could have done something with that and instead it's just like we get nothing so you have to actually seek out supplemental material like that's just not that's not good you're david, talking about world building that's not yeah. good world.
2: Yeah. well did you watch it though and, david no Do you no. guys want to know what no. happened N- not really because I actually, to the point, no, well, really, it goes to the point that I was about to make. Okay. I actually disagree that I liked the way that they handled the blackout because it allowed for uh, them to create a scenario where you can just kind of fill in the blanks and make it what you need it to be to have it fill the story for you without having to go into all this detail and extra BS and stuff. there's enough there that it's just sort of this thing. It's an accepted part of the world. it's something that everyone kind of knows about. Maybe they know what happened, maybe they don't doesn't really matter. it happened it's history we move on. It would be like you know people now talking about World War II that lived through it um it's it's just simply a part of their history. Um, so the way they reference it in the movie, I actually really liked, um, and I liked that they didn't feel the need to fill out this cataclysmic event or anything.
1: It really wasn't a cataclysmic event, but like the, the data storage, like one of the things that I found interesting was the data storage that they say was ruined, right? These Oracle spheres We're actually almost going backwards with our data storage and how, um, sometimes on, uh what, what, what did you refer to it as, as Eric? Uh, cele, cell, celluloid, right? Celluloid, yeah. yeah celluloid. Uh, cellulite uh, is on the legs, Jared. Um, but apparently, like, we, the way that we do data storage is, is revolutionarily changing to where that celluloid, uh, the way that we used to keep it way back in the day, we found a way to better store more and more data on that. And so when you look at these spheres and they're cracked, it's like my dumb brain goes... How does it get cracked? Why does it crack? What what caused this, right? And and so I wanted to know a little bit more about it, but I do I do concede to David's thought here. It's like it, it does make it feel way more lived in. It makes it feel more there. And sometimes when you can tell your own story and make it your own thing, it does become a very personal event to you. And therefore, you are now part of the world. And he, so, It was a nuke. <laughs> it was a nuke that went off over <laughs> Los Angeles that Replicants
0: did. Ah,
2: okay. Shocking,
0: yeah, hmm. shocking. <laughs> Which... <laughs> so another of my notes, my last note. The writers must really hate San Diego to make it be the <laughs> L.A. dump slash landfill. Like, I, I wonder if that was a uh, a conscious decision to do that. If he was like, "Oh, my ex lives in San Diego. Fuck that place. Let's make it the
2: dump." Uh, <laughs> I mean having talked at length with my father and several of my employees who all come from California um, there is very much so sort of this like southern California versus northern California thing or at least there was back in like the 80s and 90s I don't know how much that still exists today obviously yeah, but that, that's but... still
0: SoCal to SoCal like LA is still southern California yeah,
2: Like, yes but it is more north than san diego which <laughs> makes true. them bad <laughs> that that was like the whole thing to to try to boil down like 20 years of my dad's stories is basically if you're from la people from san diego are just backwards and hicks and if you're from san diego people from la are pretentious pricks
1: <laughs> okay and that means you lived in north where everyone was a hick
2: i didn't live in there at all.
1: Well, I mean, that's why so. you're, No, I was never mind. I was making a bad joke. That joke was for Jared. Okay. <laughs> I I had I had one thing that I wanted to ask you guys all. Uh, how much did you appreciate the fact that the lieutenant's door was still a hinged door that opens and closes when everybody's got the sliding door? I thought that was gorgeous. I was like, yeah, of course, of course, Los Angeles Police Department has old school swinging doors. Of course. <laughs>
0: So they can slam it. You can't get the same effect like,
1: you can't slam <laughs> like yeah, every I
0: mean
2: i I renamed her Captain Stern in my head, which will make <laughs> sense later on, but uh for anyone who listens to my podcast, but she she's just Captain Stern in my
1: head. Oh, she wanted to fuck Kay, by the way. What happens if I finish this bottle? What what do you mean? Like, come on, come on now. <laughs> It's like,
0: you'll be drunk. (laughs) Now get the fuck out. (laughs) she want a little bit of
1: robot
2: dick? I I do have to ask. uh, So his name should have been Bob.
1: Yeah, Bob. (laughs) I I do have a question. Why the fuck does every sci-fi, though, go towards Japanese and American just being, like, intertwined? In every cyberpunk era, why? Why is that? Does anybody know?
2: I mean... Technological giants? Also, yeah... Also, pop culture, Japan is where the robots are, so, like, but I mean, really, that's been a thing in, like, anime, pop culture, you name it, since shit before the 80s, even, is if it's, you know, animatronic or robots, it comes from Japan, so if you're taking a society where you're mixing that together.
1: Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I just, I don't, I don't know, like, it just, every, every cyberpunk, like, I, I, there's nothing wrong with it, I don't care. I just always find it very interesting where it's always it's it's always like that. Like, yeah, whatever. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Eric, when you had a very invalid point. So proceed. <laughs>
0: I was just going to say, like, OK, uh, Jared's just feeling a little xenophobic. So uh, <laughs> speaking of xenophobia, <laughs> uh, I guess if we don't have any more
2: <laughs> uh, I have a couple, points, I, I, I have, have one violence. thing that I want to talk about. Please? Um cuz this is one thing that I I hate about this style of movie especially I feel like the the more forward we go the worse it gets um and the to, the way I summarize it in my notes is uh Jared Leto tried to be uh tried so hard to be the matrix um yes. but he still sucks. Oh <laughs> uh, wow. Dude, he he is acting is dog shit. Just saying, a dog shit actor.
0: Um, have but, you seen *Requiem for a
2: Dream*? Uh, no. Does it have Jared Leto in it? It does. I'd probably hate it.
0: Uh, <laughs> I- He's very good. I I will agree with the uh like the the method like going way too far into like his characters like sending the used condoms as the Joker and whatever like Roadkill and whatever the fuck like. Dude, you don't have to be that method. Like, I mean, I I appreciate that he has that much dedication to a role. He's going way too far with some of it. But I I think he gets a lot more flack than what he deserves. Like, I think he's the same. (laughs) You're saying that Joker was the same as Morbius? Yep.
2: And Morbius is exactly the same as this guy. Same cadence of speech. Same fucking weird ass draw that he does where he looks up every single time he thinks he's being deep. It's fucking obnoxious. His physical appearance in his acting is the same, even. It drives me insane. I cannot stand watching well, this dude. He, I saw Morbius like for looks- free
1: and I wanted my fucking money back.
2: <laughs> That's fair.
0: <laughs>
1: that
2: is
0: the right <laughs> assessment. Like in Fight Club, you know, when he's the pretty boy or whatever with like the bleach blonde hair, he definitely looks different than, uh, you know, so you're saying that he even looks the same. So I mean, the, I, physi-
2: the physicality. Like, watch the way he moves. He moves the same in every single goddamn role, and it drives me up a fucking wall. Well, he
0: is the same guy, for God's sake. <laughs> like, I mean, he's a but human being, so... Sure,
2: sure, 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 sure. So some of that would be there. But it's identical. It's weird. He- I've watched movies a lot, and I can always pick Jared Leto out. Like, he could be in the background, and I would pick him out, because <laughs> I'd be like, oh, there's that weird half-shoulder shrug he does every time. It's weird. Yeah,
0: that's Megan, prob- does he do that in My So-Called Life? The shoulder shrug? She doesn't remember if he does it in My <laughs> So-Called Life. But she she's telling me that, what is his name? Jordan Catalano? Jordan Catalano in My So-Called Life is uh, a good role that he's in,
2: apparently. Okay. Sure. I'll, I'll I'll believe it until I see it. But
0: at least I might want to watch that because it's got Claire Danes in it. So I don't know if it's even available anywhere, but. Favorite, I don't know.
1: Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say my favorite Jared Little thing that, that really turned me off to him is I remember seeing a picture of this dude walking down a runway in a very, very large green jacket that is colored just like your headphones. Like he had this sheer excitement on his face. And then the next day, like there was a photo of him wearing it down the street. And I was like, hmm, hmm. He's, he's the kind of guy that goes to fashion shows and buys things. I was like, I know exactly who I'm dealing with here.
2: What the <laughs> fuck?
0: He's got the money to do it, man.
1: Like I, it if he likes it, why not? Don't
2: I don't like him, and that's not even a criticism I viewed. It it <laughs> I I
1: look at it and I'm just like, no, brother, no, like that you're 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 a piece of shit. You probably overpaid for it. Uh, I get one. it. I get it. But
0: Dallas Buyers Club is another good
2: one. I I it's hear that moment. that movie is good, but I've heard lots of people be like Jared Leto still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I've had two different people recommend that movie to me and go, Jared Leto sucks, but the rest of the movie's good. Oh Isn't Matthew God. McConaughey
1: like a fucking skeletor in that movie too? You mean a Matthew skeletor. McConaughey? Yeah, Matthew McConaughey.
0: Well, he has AIDS in the film he got, so let's uh let's have a little grace here. Jesus. No. <laughs> it's,
2: it's the it's the meme that came out after that movie. Did Matthew you not see McConaug- that? Oh Matthew yeah, yeah. McConaug-
0: yeah. It's clever, but
2: Um, I have one last note for this because I promised her I would say it. Uh, (laughs) Oh, no. Corruption. (laughs) Lisa, Lisa after this movie ended, she looked at me and she went, why did we have to watch this? And I told her, you know, (laughs) file under. And then she goes, this is a bad movie and Jared sucks penis. (laughs) my wife was very mad at having to watch this movie I liked it more than she did admittedly but (laughs) oh and she was so mad when she found out how long it was
0: (laughs) I mean that's a fair that's a fair thing to be mad about
2: oh when we got to the like she was like oh my god it's got to be almost over and we're just like (laughs) just just meeting Deckard for the first time (laughs) oh boy (laughs) oh then there's that, the fight scene between, oh my god, I forgot I didn't take a, the fight scene between him and Deckard was dog shit.
3: It,
1: it was better the first time around. It, it like, it I get what they were going for, he's an older model, he's worn out, blah 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 blah, he can take it, he doesn't want to fight, but like, the second, third time I watched it, I was like, yeah, this is dumb. Yeah, it was, ugh. Anyways. So
0: how many times have you seen this, Jared?
1: Like, this is my seventh time watching it now. Seven Jesus!
0: How, how can you sit through this seven times?
2: Right? Holy shit. I how like can it. you sit through this seven times and not get uh, the existential I, I dread know. they're trying to it's force?
0: It's That's the reason. Oh, that's Look. So have you watched it seven times all the way through, or have yes. you just uh, watched it? Uh... <laughs> well, I mean, if we're talking about the clips that are on
1: Pornhub, about 20 <laughs> times, all right? Uh, no, no, no. I've legitimately watched it like seven times through. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I first, so way back, the, the, I watched Blade Runner for for Nobody's Listening, right? I, I forced myself to watch it when I did a movie re- review with one of the guys. And I was like, wow, that was actually really, really good. And then like a couple weeks later, I... I think I watched it with Sarah or whatever. I don't remember. I just, I liked it. I watched it. And then a couple more times I would, I would just come across and like, sure, fuck it. Let's watch it. And I've just watched it a couple times since then. It's, I like it. I like the, the way that they do the movie, the dramatic overtones that they have in there, the, the fucking crazy ass music that really sets the tone for it. I am, I am right there with you guys in the timing of it. Because, like, I'll get halfway through and be like, I kind of got to shit, like, I kind of got to play Tarkov. Like, I got things I kind of want to do. But then, like, it sucks me in when she's, like, 20 degrees left to blow <laughs> shit up. But, yeah, it, it's, I don't know. And then, of course, when what? she's like, be a good boy. I was like, yes. Yes, ma'am. So, I don't know. It, it just, yeah. I it, it, I really it, it, thought that yeah. the
0: porn not, breakdown was going to come here, but it, it's not.
1: Oh, it's, no. I just, I just was wondering the joy the J O I model that was it that was Oh model. okay that all was right. that was the the porn topic where I was just talking about it yeah it's like okay i learned a new thing because i watched this movie and i didn't i didn't think i wanted to know it but i know it
0: and now a lot of other people do too thanks you're welcome all right like i guess uh, if we don't have anything else we can move on to the big in. i think this is going to take up a, a lot of our in. time here yeah, the big one. David's movie. What what did you select for us, David?
2: Boondock Saints. Love this movie. Uh, I'm really curious to hear what Mark has to say about this now. He's uh, not
1: even on the podcast.
2: I know. That's why I hate it.
0: Uh. All right. Well, uh, so I mean, give us the give us the breakdown. I was
2: about to say I've got the I've got the synopsis and everything here. So, uh, <clears throat> pardon me. I have a cough that just will not quit. Um, so this movie was made, uh, or released, I should say, January 22nd, 1999, which, uh, is, will be important later on when we're talking about some of the stuff in this film, uh, by Troy Duffy, has an IMDB score of 7.7 out of 10. Um, Boondock Saints is a 1999 American vigilante action thriller film written and directed by Troy Duffy in this feature. uh, Are you reading the Wikipedia? I cannot talk. No. Uh. So, this is Willem Dafoe, Sean Patrick Flannery, and Norman Reedus, as well as David Delarocco and Billy Connolly, all star in this. Which, uh, seeing Billy Connolly in this is wild if you've ever watched any of his other films. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the film follows uh, Irish fraternal twin brothers Connor and Murphy McManus, which you never really learn their last names in the film. Um, who become vigilantes after killing two members of the Russian mafia in self-defense after they both experience a religious calling. uh, The twins together with their best friend, uh, funny man Rocco set out on a mission to rid Boston of the criminal underworld in the name of God, all while being pursued by the ever flamboyant FBI special agent, Paul Smecker played by Willem Dafoe.
1: That was the breakdown. He didn't let me play the sound effect,
2: David. (laughs) Eric said to do it.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah well you give the imd the stuff i read my thing and then we go all right let's get into the breakdown and then the
2: all breakdown right. well, so and then i gotta go <laughs> yeah that's we've how i mean there's Lots more to, to it. it yeah that is the synopsis jared
0: all <laughs> right well so before we get into the breakdown we've already played the bite but let's do the desensitized to violence counter again oh god i was way off personal count was 22 but according to the wiki it was actually 40 yep all right you may proceed again david
2: oh no you're good i'm i'm good
0: okay all right well so i guess uh you did did the entirety of the of the breakdown as much as you want to do
2: yeah i thought that was what you did
1: yeah that that is the entirety of the breakdown that is the
0: movie
2: (laughs) okay well i mean there's no there's plenty more if you want to do an actual like breakdown
0: I mean, I, 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 I kind of no, got grief not. for being too long witted last time because I have – it's another one no, of where I have per- another full that's a full perfect sheet.
1: breakdown. That's a perfect breakdown.
0: <laughs> no, it's, Look, no, it's, it's Irish not. Brothers, guns, booze, and a very loose
1: interpretation of how firearms work. I mean, okay, mean, so, let's be honest with Well,
0: you. David already kind of – he buried the lead. He already said that he loves this movie. And so now I asked Mark because I know that he was very, very passionate about it. I did, I wasn't aware quite how much he sent me this Oh my god this this dissertation which i uh okay so i I feel like i have to bring some of these up now so he says uh he feels very strongly about this film so i asked him to provide some questions and statements to use his talking points and so here's what he had to say these are his words so i'll put a quote around this boondock saints parentheses a harvey weinstein joint The first thing I'd like to ask is, is Boondock Saints satire, or is this a sincere action thriller in the vein of a knockoff Tarantino? This signifies that if the viewer thought Boondock Saints was a joke, or if they really enjoy such an utter piece of filth with little to no redeeming artistic value. (laughs) If the user believes it's satire, they're not being realistic that bad art is made by bad men to influence and create even more bad men. Where's the wink or acknowledgement that this is all fun because it's entirely obsessed with its message? At this point, I can understand that the person just doesn't get it, or the person finally has the realization that they've just been enjoying a clan rally. <laughs> it says, if the user likes it as an action movie, the amount of violence is far beyond any, even your most hearty Quentin Tarantino knockoff. What particular scenes did you find the most exciting? What would be a comparable film in the same genre? So, I mean, I guess that we can, do you guys have so as an earnest liker of this film, can you think of... Watch
2: more Tarantino. That is the most bullshit critique I've ever heard in my life. Fucking from Dust Till Dawn alone. Jesus Christ. Tarantino literally made a movie where they attached a fucking machine gun with a grenade launcher to a chick's <laughs> leg. Like, come the fuck on, man. Like, come on.
1: And and <laughs> I, I love how he says the user. the fu- Like, what, is this the Matrix, Mark? Like, it's satire. The whole movie is just a fit. Like, they, they, you, is it? They start off at the very beginning. Either. They're like, hey, come on, guys. It's just all in fun. Which, by the way, a lot of just anti LGBTQ overtones in that movie, which I'm surprised that both of you like it. Is is there
2: anti? I think there's
1: a little bit. <laughs> like, William Defoe calling the dude the hard F word, and then the. The, the, yeah, the there's, the the, oh, there's the slurs, and then there's
0: the ninja drops, which is which I think what David alluded to. The ninja drops, like, is... I love those. <laughs> of course you fucking do. Like, I love worst. that part.
1: I love where Rocco's trying to dance around it, and, and uh, fucking, oh God, what's his name? What's the dude's
2: name? Um, I would argue that this is the best mafia movie that's ever been made, because it p- depicts the mafia more realistic than all of the glorified... The mafia is all this great stuff. Now, granted, I haven't seen every mob movie ever. Mm -hmm. But part of the reason why I do like this is because it shows the mob as what it is, which is just a bunch of dudes doing some shitty stuff to make some money. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not these glorified, perfect gentlemen and all this weird shit with the co. They're fucking hardened criminals. Like, stop glorifying the fucking mafia, man. I actually know someone who grew up in the mafia in New Jersey, Um, his dad was an enforcer for a family very similar to this and he was literally raised and taught to think that african-americans bled a different color what um oh yeah 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 that was something his dad literally like told him um and so it when yeah and that's a whole thing i could get into his life story but not my story to tell um but like This is the kind of shithole people who actually run these things. This is this is a real representation of the pieces of shit that we're talking about. That every dude in their twenties to thirties like watches these movies and glorifies and wants to be like, "That's what I want to be. That's the life (laughs) I wish I." Fuck off.
0: (laughs) Well, because even Rocco at the beginning wanted like he was like trying to be. He was on the come up and part of this family until he had kind of like the same epiphany that. I mean, even he was kind of on board with him because the McManus brothers were his friends, but he was still like, I'm part of this family. They would never do anything like that to me. These are really like my brothers until he goes there, you know, to the to the diner and finds out no, they and, they really were trying to kill you. And yeah, and he, what...
2: he finds out that. Yeah, exactly. He finds out he was a torpedo. They had no no love for him. They had no intention. He was being used.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I have to use. OK, so uh, Jared brought it up. So I want to read Mark's note here. oh i forgot the defoe pointless character only there to serve as a punching bag and be a living homosexual stereotype defoe is good but man what a shit character so my i I told him that like i have a wildly different interpretation of of that character yeah so my note willem defoe is incredible he's so brilliant and charismatic and eccentric he plays tortured really well not only with his genius and his morality but also most of all, seeming self-loathing for his homosexuality. He doesn't repress it or try to hide it anyway. He, him, he's himself on many occasions, he gay bashes others, including a romantic partner and a bartender, but never from a point of that he's trying to, not to be, that he's trying to pretend not to be gay himself. It's very interesting and a well played out dynamic showing nuance. So many of the other characters in this film are stereotypes and it would have been easy for Tro Duffy, especially during this time period, to write a gay character as another stereotype. But I think that he gives Smecker the most range out of anybody. I think he's the most fleshed out and kind of more nuanced character out of anybody. I think everybody else is kind of at their basis form, but Smecker is this multi-layered kind of person. I don't think that he's a gay stereotype at
2: all. I think- think so either and on on top of it you got to remember this was released in 99 Mm -hmm. like for media at this time uh to be able to recognize a gay character in a film without uh making them either the messiah style character that is there to save the representation of this uh, community or to be a walking stereotype like what we talk about in the few uh LGBTQIA plus jokes that existed in Malcolm in the Middle, for instance. Um when we're we well, the butt it. of the joke and they're the laughing it, stock. And then exactly. this one
0: he he gets to be smarter than everybody else he's very often almost entirely the smartest person in the room he like he he tends to talk down to people but he also can kind of give grace and praise when it's deserved and when it's warranted like the the police are uh, i think uh, it's another really good thing that this movie does well is like david you your point is spot on Uh, about the mob and how it's not glorified in either way the cops also in turn are not like glorified they're kind of looked at as like these guys are fallible human beings just like everybody else they don't know shit they're not these super cops that know every fucking thing as soon as they go in the room smekker kind of is but he has to piece things together and And that's just only based on a lot of experience
2: exactly and even that he's the like super sleuth and he still doesn't just like look at everything and know all the answers. This is not a love letter. This is not uh. What's the term? I heard it the other day. Fuck. Anyways, this is not a love letter to police. Nor is this a love letter to the like LGBTQ. blue CIA lives speedos. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't uh This isn't a, a love letter to the mob. This is. Uh, and, and there's and I think personally, and I don't know this for a fact, um, but given the time frame that this was released, um. This was another time where the uh, pardon me uh, death penalty debate had come up again, real big uh, between like ninety seven to two thousand uh, had come up again in the United States. Um, I me mean, personally, I think that a lot of this and the morality question that's raised in here is an is a way to insert that into a outlandish sort of reductio ad absurdum argument to try to make people think about the arguments that were circling around the death penalty at this time. I think that's the whole reason. <laughs> Pardon me one second. David Sorry, this cough is killing me. I think that's the whole reason behind the way they did the credits.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say, like we watched the director's cut. I didn't know if that was, what was the, like the, the difference was that this stuff in the, in the, from the end credits. But yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, Dave, no. But I'm I'm glad that that, that we did uh, cover that. So that's the, that was I, actually part of the film. So
1: I paid no attention to that. I had no idea that that was the plot line. I I just thought like the way that the, <laughs> no, like, oh, the way that I view this. So what that 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 first woman in the butchery scene, right? Where I was like, oh, they're they're pandering here, and then they play it off, right? Like it's just a part of part of society. I do like the way that they did Defoe. I do like the way that they did everything with him. You guys. Said it beautifully. I'm just not a fan of like just the fact that it's like, oh, he's gay, so he can do all that and say all that and and everything around that, right? I I just I like how there was that double standard between the cops saying it and then when Defoe would do it, it was just kind of that weird double standard to me, right? It's either if it's such a bad thing and only one type of person can say it, it shouldn't be said. Period. That is my. You're trying to like wedge in the. the I'm not going to wedge it in. It's I'm not going to wedge it in, but I'm just just—you're trying to it's use the this,
0: this same it's argument. It's not the and it's same argument. It. it is. It's, You're it's, saying, like, it's the one argument. faction of people can oh, say it. It's then the argument. That everybody should be able to say it. That it's it,
2: not it's, the argument, Jared. But I'm, I'm not getting into this with you again.
1: No, I'm not going to get into it either. I'm just saying that I, I like the way <laughs> that they did it way back in 1999. Like, the, if you were going to do that whole introduction of the LGBTQI, the, the, the alphabet soup, fuck it. I can't say that other thing. The alphabet soup. If you're going to introduce it, that is the way to do it.
2: That's the alphabet mafia. This is a mafia. Alpha- yeah. Okay. Fine.
1: Alphabet mafia.
2: But Which is a, a mafia
0: that you can actually kind of get behind. I so.
1: would 100% get behind it. Are you kidding me? They—they only make with
0: it... consent, Jared.
1: They can get behind me without consent.
0: All right. Um, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> no, I think consent's pretty big in, in the world.
2: By saying that. It implies consent. See, Dave
0: gets it. Dave gets it. Well, consent on his part. So. No, stop Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. You mentioned uh, 99 and said, so, like, yeah, that was one of my first notes. Like, this movie itself was a time capsule because you got a, yeah. a CD disc man, you got a, a pager, everybody's yeah. fucking smoking. Like, this everyone. is everyone, this everywhere. Definitely a, like a late 90s film. This was uh, oh, yeah. incredible. <laughs> I, I,
1: I do have to ask, though. When 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 Rocco kills the cat, talking about nineteen nineties, right? Mm-hmm. The ninety the Beretta ninety two FS, what what is very commonly well known as, uh, or or David, do you want to chime in in its other name?
2: The M nine, the M mm-hmm. nine Beretta, yep, uh huh.
1: Yeah, you don't slam a table and it goes off. You don't.
2: Bullshit, it's one of the least drop-safe weapons on the planet.
1: I have literally seen a Loadmaster drop a loaded 9mm mm-hmm. onto a C-130. Nothing happened. I have At seen one this...
2: point, the M9 had the most uh, misfires of any weapon ever issued to police or military. Now, that may have changed. I have not looked that statistic up in over a decade. But uh, I-, I would be willing to bet... That if I did some Googling real quick, we would find how? that the M9 is still one of the most unsafe weapons to drop on the planet. It's one of, it's the reason why the U.S. military has bid to replace it, not once, not twice, not three times, but I believe we're up to ten times now.
1: Yes. Something is to be said about contractors with that, first off, because we, <laughs> we know how well the military loves to pay its contractors and not and not its actual servants. Secondly, <laughs> like... Are we talking cocked, locked and ready to rock with the hammer back? Or are we just talking? I would imagine
2: that it is. Yes. Considering you see in one of the scenes shortly before that, where he is literally laying backwards upside down on the table and he pulls the hammer back while he's pointing the gun, talking about how when they dropped through the ceiling and they spun around and they started shooting like there's plenty of like shitty gunplay and gun mechanics in this film to tear apart but the fact that the gun went off when they hit the table is probably actually one of the most realistic parts everything else in this movie with guns is
1: horrible <laughs> yeah i just i love that scene because like the first time i saw it that that was like when i was in the military and like i had seen people just dropping bullets left and right left and right and never never had an issue never seen a misfire never seen anything and we we rode around, cocked, locked, and ready to rock. The only thing that didn't happen was the hammer. We never cocked the hammer back. Never did that. So that's what, that was the one part where I was like, I, that would never happen. But if the hammer was cocked back, I can maybe understand it because then it is in uh, single fire, not double fire, if I'm remembering the correct term. And the Beretta, the, the M9, has a very hard trigger when it's in single fire. That makes it more believable. I... Never so noticed single that a-
2: it. The terms single you're looking action. for is single action and double action, yeah. Single action, um, and yeah. So, like, they I want to say, God, I mm, I don't want to say it and be wrong, but I'm pretty sure when they switched to the bretta 92 second generation, mm-hmm. which I want to say was ooh, 2017, maybe no. It had to be further back than that. Yeah, because because they actually redid the Beretta so that it would have additional safety measures, so that it would be more drop safe and more uh, user friendly and and safety minded for the casual user.
0: One Devil's Advocate. This is one of the pieces that they got from the arms dealer, right? The Irish guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, isn't it possible that it had a modified trigger that it wasn't as like pull sensitive oh absolutely yeah
1: like 110 Like percent that was actually uh Yennefer's uh interpretation she's like it was probably modified Jared I was like shut your fucking mouth you're not <laughs> <laughs> like don't do that
2: um yeah because one of the okay because one of the things sorry I just googled it yeah. one of the things that they uh added in was a firing pin block which is notoriously what most firearms utilize to make them drop safe so that when it's in uh the correct uh formation then the firing pin is literally physically blocked from striking the primer therefore allowing an accidental discharge to happen. Uh previous models did not have a firing pin block.
1: I do love Glock though where they're like, what's your safety? This is my safety. <laughs> yeah, you're tri- yeah, your f- fucking trick your finger, Yeah, yeah. I just I just that was I, I, I didn't know that it was cocked back and in single action. If it's in single action, oh fuck it, dude, you sneeze wrong when you got the gun in your hand and it
2: fucking goes off. Yeah, because he when he's laying back you see him pull the hammer ah. when he's in the drunk scene also, all of
0: this to say that a poor cat like I just well, thought fuck that the cat was
2: anyways what? wow fuck <laughs> no you, whoa.
0: I own whoa. birds what do you I own
1: birds what do you expect but Jesus. david you want to uh, know one of the, the features that they used to enhance the m9 beretta for us was like oh you guys go into the desert so here's a here's a plastic slide instead of a metal one so it doesn't grow fast enough. I was like, you guys are fucking stupid. This is a firearm. But yeah, no, the, the Rocco's cat was... Well, I just love it because he's like, oh, the bitch doesn't even know the cat's still there. I'm like, that's
2: sad. That's I actually sad. love this. I love What's this What's the
0: scene? cat's name? Anybody can tell me what the cat's name was?
1: Doesn't he ask that? She gets it right.
0: He does. Yeah. <laughs> After some prompting. Yeah, yeah. And it's Skippy.
1: Well, what stupid. was the second well, question that he that he maybe. says after he's exacerbated like how old is it or something like that no what, what color, color was it,
3: it? yeah
1: <laughs> I said to be where I don't care but okay sorry I uh, totally totally do relate I I wanted no, to have fine. one of my arguments and that was one of my two and you shut down the other one so I'm done with <laughs> this movie this movie was dude this movie was great like you want like that's why that's why I say it it's a it's a, a what what was the word Mark used? He's not even here and I hate him. Um, <laughs> it's like it's a, it's a love story to action, right? Like they they they, mm. they they ground it enough in reality with the way that they depict the mafia, the 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 the, the cops and, and everybody else. But yet it's just it's just a fun fucking movie. Like that's like the reason why I love Baytown Outlaws is because of Boondock Saints it's basically a copy-paste, but with rednecks. I'll
2: be honest. I don't know Baytown Outlaws, but yeah, I don't heard. think that this is a love letter to action. I think that it is legitimately over the top on purpose. Yeah. Um. I I think that... I mean...
1: What? They get meta with it. Oh, you always like got to have the rope.
2: Troy Duffy is not a... Yeah, yeah. Troy Duffy is not a great writer. Like, not to be a <laughs> dick, but...
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, well, it's okay. So I, I feel like... Well, I, go ahead and finish your point. But I mean, I think like before anybody kind of rebuttals with that, I, I think this, this is leading to several other things. So <laughs>
2: fair enough. Uh, it, he's not a great writer, but it's very clear that he has a point to make, and that there is a question being asked in the movie. Um, because they literally ask it at the end, wow. uh, <laughs> as well as all of the other things leading up to it. Like this is not a movie. There's lots of problems with this movie. Don't get me wrong. Like yeah. they did not. There's there's a lot of things I wish I could cut. Um, this is not a movie I can watch every week or every day. Or you know mm-hmm. I do love this movie, but this is not the movie I'm taking to a desert island with me. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's there's, it, it, I I don't think that this is a just generic action movie. Um, and some of the lines are just absolutely fucking (laughs) hilarious
0: well okay so mark's last uh remaining comments on this is what i swear boondock saints is like a 19 year old screenplay where he cribs from pulp fiction and snatch but throws away all the charm nuance and world building done in those movies to instead luxuriate in absolute filth And it's terrible attempts at humor it was cringe before cringe was a thing it's the ultimate edge lord's feature film for viewing before going out on the town to be rejected by ugly looking women in a casual bar setting and then covering that hurt by going down to a gay bar to pick a fight it's like the people who were unironically rooting for walter white and thought skyler was a con even up to the very end i cannot express how much i just hate that movie end quote so like Jared brought up the the point about the meta mentions in the dialogue, like of them saying it's not a movie and like you see this on bad TV. I right. <laughs> I actually thought that that was pretty clever. That I mean, for this guy's first uh, script that he wrote, like for him to reference those kind of things that would be in the zeitgeist, and him not thinking that. Like, I I think the really pretentious and bad scriptwriter thing to do would be like. I'm patting myself on the back because I think that I'm being so groundbreaking and coming up with something wholly original. I think he knew what lane he was in, and definitely knew that he was cribbing from these other things, like Mark just mentioned, where he's taking this stuff from Pulp, pulp Fiction and Snatch or whatever, the stuff that was already in the Zeitgeist. Like obviously, I think he's it was an homage, stuff. not exactly. He's Man. seen this stuff before, and he's trying to say, like, I'm not trying to like rewrite the action film. I'm just getting another. You
2: know, also Uh, entry into it. What world building do you need? It's 1999 Boston. The world exists. We've, (laughs) I've been there. (laughs) Yeah. It like,
1: I I, I like the fact (laughs) that it's, it's not the most pretty fucking movie. It's not like, you know, the, the hot women or whatever.
2: It, it, it it is a true, don't get me started on that fucking bullshit point. The people Mark calls fucking ugly is fucking insane yeah there mark- are fucking models that don't have the standards mark has for fucking women no offense <laughs> buddy i love you but your takes on some women are fucking wild
1: to me mark's take on on many of things just drives me insane Where, look for first off like if the, the movie is grounded in a lot of reality and i think that's why we like it right as to david's saying it, they portray the mafia the way the mafia is you portray people the way they are like Rocco. Probably Rocco is is one in three people if they kill somebody, right? Or he's probably the vast—let me rephrase it. He's probably seven out of ten people if they murdered two people flashing the pan out of, out of sheer fervor because he realized he was set up, right? The man was in a panic. He was losing his shit. Obviously, that's how the vast majority of Americans are going to react to certain things like that. The fact that the movie is so grounded, it makes fun of itself, it calls itself out, and it is— kind of a satire to all the movies. Because if you look at the way the story is told, I feel like it's a 21-year-old writing a good old shoot 'em up flick, and it just happens to include everything in the greater Boston area. I fucking love it. That's why I love the movie. It's just – gr- it feels like Deadpool doing Deadpool before it, but with shooter movies. That's why it, I think it's
0: so great. There's always certainly a, a level of suspension of disbelief, obviously, in, in right. all action films, yeah. especially in kind of these, like st- – kind of pseudo superhero-esque kind of thing where we're meant to think like these these good boys that are well-educated and <laughs> work at a meat packaging plant are all of a sudden these you know, just uh, superstars with uh, the firearms that know how to shoot everything and, and are just like these crack shots that can outgun ostensibly trained mafia members. Like, we have to suspend our disbelief, right? We have to kind of just give the, really. the benefit of mm. the doubt.
2: Okay, oh, and I'm I not that...
0: saying that like that, that the mafiosos like because David pointed earlier of like the mafiosos in you know pop culture were kind of meant to like oh there are all these badasses that are just like you know superheroes themselves like they're everyday Joes, which is kind of what they're shown in this movie, but that's also kind of what we're supposed to think that the McMass brothers are, right? They just have this epiphany when they're in the holding cell that now they have to be like the the saviors of Boston. And so now they can go out and just shoot everybody up without, but I mean, it does show that they're fallible too and they're capable of getting injured also. So, I mean, it does, it's a level that we don't see in a lot of action films. It's different in that respect, but.
2: I think that, goes to the religious iconography and and like the whole religion aspect of this movie because i i think it's very deliberate that they're very you know i'm doing air quotes because i know people lucky in all of these instances i think that that is supposed to be this sort of divine intervention because remember in in the plot of this movie they've been ordained by god to do this thing and what they're doing is uh, as far as they believe righteous and and good and the fact that they keep getting lucky and everything goes their way just fuels that ideology within the characters and then Mm -hmm. when the only time that they really get shot in a shootout is when they're fighting with their dad who also has the same um, religious uh, background and and calling in okay. their minds, so... Yes. First off, Very good. you're both wrong. You're both wrong. Okay. <laughs> okay. Rocco what... does not count, which what? is why he's the first one to get injured. Wait, what? Rocco oh, no, doesn't Ro- count. Fuck Rocco. Okay, Rocco has nothing to... to do with this. Rocco has nothing died. to do with this.
1: Okay. So if we take a look at the first fight, right? It's in a bar. They're all drunk. They win a brawl. They win it per happenstance, right? The little guy's going to win nine times out of ten. They have plot armor in that first scene. However, it's... look at...
2: Okay, I what it, keep going. Uh,
1: I I feel like they have plot armor to win the fight, right? They're they're destined to win the bar fight to keep the bar fight.
2: They the, outnumber the other guys, and they're also Irish
0: and on St. Patrick's Day, which th- that's just a level of superhero as well. But
1: yeah, fucking <laughs> see, plot armor, right?
2: It's also three v like what shot? eight?
1: But they're big, fe- they're big fucking Russians. All right, Russians are beasts. Anyways, moving past that part, right? <laughs> The, the strength that his brother takes to lift up a toilet, right, that is in a decrepit building, that's believable, right? Your brother's about to get shot in the face, getting dragged out. You have superhuman strength. It has been proven that moms who are like 120 pounds soaking wet will lift a fucking Honda Civic off your baby. So him yeah. ripping out a decrepit toilet's not that bad. But look at all the other fights that they get into. They, they, they spring him in, in in the safe room, right? A random hotel safe room where they think they're safe. They fall down. They do the little spinny thing. They catch them by surprise. Every single time they're in the shootout, they are caught by surprise. And the one time they get shot is when they are caught by they surprise. Caught by
0: surprise yeah. So right.
1: it's not that hard to sus- – it's maybe – and you see how bad their shooting is, right? A lot of their shots are center mass. That's where it's easy. Aim small is miss small, right? That's how a lot of people – so you aim center mass. It's really hard to miss center fucking mass when center mass is the biggest thing for you. And enough bullets mm, when in your chest
0: kill you when you're hanging upside down and spinning, and when you don't have like real good uh, but that's where like the nice nine mil that's
2: where the nine mill comes can't in do play that standing there
0: to
1: David's point. Yeah, some people can't even hit the broadside of the barn, but that's where nine mil comes in play because that's where the argument is between the military. Where it's always do you want to have 15 bullets in a mag, but and if we're talking about them probably doing something extended to 2021, 20, or do you want a, a seven or 11 rounder in the 45, right? So it's not. Disbelievable that they could not do it, but it's more believable given the fact that they're surprising their enemies constantly in places that they feel it's safe. All right, they get a little bit of credence on that. Plus, Nine Mil has lots of bullets, and lots of bullets go pew 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 pew. And what what is my saying in Tarkov, David? What is my saying in Tarkov? Right? Accuracy by volume. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that doesn't apply. Uh, <laughs> uh okay well so i kind of like mark was saying uh, about like uh, the women being kind of damsels in distress and they're not a lot of female representation and blah 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 so uh like talking about this level of kind of like machismo it's
1: it's 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 dudes in a dude's world where women are seldomly seen what what was he looking for?
0: He was saying that there was like no female representation. The only ones that were there were just like Rocco's girlfriends who were like these drugged out, you know, crack addicts or whatever, basically. That's the only have kind of women Rocco? that we see. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, but I, I wanted to say this. There was a, an article that I found that I'm not, I have this huge long list, but actually it curbed like 90% of it, honestly. So I, I urge everybody to go seek out the article, it was written by Alicia Mughall. It's on FilmCred. The article is called The Paradoxical Safety of Machismo in the Boondock Saints. Uh, It's an article from September of 2022. Uh, And she was basically talking about like having a a lot of anxiety and these overprotective, overbearing kind of immigrant parents and, you know, not able to do a lot of things and like having uh, a lot of just like not a great upbringing because of all this stuff. And this kind of like the boondock saints of all things was like kind of her safe space. And it's just a really, really interesting article. And I think really kind of like hmm. uh really good points. And um, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I wish I will, I wish I kind of would have trimmed it up a little bit more to had time to read a little bit of it because it is really good. I urge everybody to go kind of,
1: I mean, Dan- to check it out. But David, where 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 would you where would you add women that would make sense in this movie? Let me ask you that question.
0: There's,
2: I, I think that's a a faulty question.
0: Um, but well, there's so there's also okay the the stripper that just like basically is the the comedic uh uh like uh, what's like the the butt of the joke to basically just be the boob that Rocco like reaches over and grabs like right they're yeah. they're treated as objects like i mean i think his point is kind um, of valid but also Jared's is valid in a way too that this is a uh it's a world that there's not a lot of just a f- female representation anyway well, so it,
2: it's not about it's not even about that it's it's the question is, is does every story and point have to be that um i don't think that in 1999 that there has to be this idea of we have to have the strong female character in this now that doesn't mean that you can't have those some i mean we've talked a lot some of our favorite movies that we share in common are strong female-led roles Um, absolutely but where do you shoehorn something into this story um because they try it in the second one to appease that exact critique and it's awful it is not good um, because it's exactly that. The critique was there weren't enough women. Why can't women go on murderous crime sprees? Uh, I'm summing up a little bit, obviously, but that was, it's very, I, that was, that was legitimately- an actual
0: soundbite that we just played. Actually.
2: <laughs> that was legitimately one of the the complaints um, from a lot of people about the, this movie. So then they, they just create that character that everyone says they wanted to see in this environment and no one liked it. No one. Not the fanboys, not the people who were complaining and asking for it. No one liked it.
1: I feel so the same we... way about uh, in John Wick, Halle Berry and John Wick. It just felt too shoehorned in and she didn't feel natural. Yeah, I,
2: I disagree with that, uh, but that's that's not the movie we're talking about. <laughs> uh, Fight so... me, David. <laughs>
0: what do we think (laughs) about uh mark's kind of like his comments about like the basically liking this is akin to liking uh or like being privy to like a a clan meeting because obviously this is a completely different movie right if they're targeting people of color like they they kept it with its you know irish against italian and the russians it's like white on white like there there was no kind of
2: I mean, do we need to share statistics about people who believe in conspiracy theories and who attend KKK rallies? (laughs) Um, Because that's more more correlative than this. (laughs) Um, But uh, correlation is not causation. So uh, anyways, dude, no, that's absolutely asinine. Um, I think that you can enjoy something and something can be fun. I think you can enjoy something and it have a lot of bad qualities. Jake, loves bad movies and i mean bad movies um iron man 3 yeah exactly uh, <laughs> but no Sorry, really I, I i think that there's a lot to end to say that this isn't funny again there's lots of funny lines in this so i absolutely fucking disagree with that one of my favorite all-time scenes is when uh rocco comes in after they've fallen through the The ceiling and he's looking around and he's finally realizing everybody's dead he's how the fuck did you two fucks fucking what the fucking fuck and sean patrick (laughs) flannery leans back and just goes that certainly illustrates the diversity of the Uh, (laughs) words so fucking funny that was a good accent
0: that was really well done there thank you
2: Uh, (laughs) i've watched that movie way too
0: i'm very impressed Mark
1: Mark is a lunatic, all right? Like I, I love you. Well, to, I wouldn't go that far. No, Mark is a lunatic. All right. I've I've hung out with the man enough. I've done a few <laughs> solo episodes with him enough to know that Mark is an absolute fucking lunatic. Jesus. He, he does he does the one percent, right? I love him to death. But you know how like bikers are like, oh, we're the one percent, I- we're the bad motherfuckers. He does that in society. He will find the smallest niche thing that is blown. Way out of proportion, and oh, then making the, taking it to the end. Yeah, and then taking. It to I, the okay. I'm glad nth you degree.
2: understood because I was getting confused. I yeah, was like, he, "Mark's a one percenter now." and no, <laughs> I, he he takes the
1: one percent of something so. Then you need to clarify. He takes the one percent of something that is so fucking insane <laughs> and that is so prevalent in the minds that, like, to David's point, like, just look at a lot of the statistics that are out there and available for you by non-biased agencies, and you begin to go, "Wow, a lot of what the media is is screaming is the same thing." Also, look at Mark. He loves to be a comedian. He also knows exactly how to write because when you listen to a lot of, if you read a lot of his scripts, the behind the scenes stuff that he hates that we talk about sometimes, like you can, you look at the man, you go, dude, you, you should not be where you're at right now. You should be writing for a movie or doing something different. So he knows how to create. We're trying to, we're trying to get our Hallmark
0: films off the ground. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But fucking Mark is just a lunatic. Like he, he, he knows what he's doing and he's, he's writing it for a puff piece. I just think he was too bitch-made to not come on and, and debate it himself. Wow. Holy whoa, sh-
2: whoa. Okay, I, first of all, wow! I would like to clarify, I do not agree with any of
0: <laughs> The rule, uh, the views expressed
2: <laughs> about Mark are so I just wanted to say, uh, I actually make
1: him watch a foreign I, film.
2: Listen, I feel like I now have to say, I actually really appreciate <laughs> having conversations with Mark. I like the shared episodes.
1: Oh, don't get me yeah, wrong. Definitely. I fucking I love <laughs> I, Mark.
2: I just uh, I, I I think we see this movie very differently, um, but I, also probably I, some of that's gonna be the age difference, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is also weird when you look at it because like I was getting ready to be like on college campuses and stuff, um, it, actually, yeah, the very next year is when I did my first tour. And so, like, I was having a lot of debates about this kind of, like, general moral question a lot at this time when this movie came out.
0: Well, but you also were a very young college student as well. Yeah. Like this, oh, I mean, well, yeah. You, like, you were, uh, like, very advanced in going to uh, college-level courses much that, earlier that, than a lot of us. That others, makes me so.
2: sound smart, and that's not the case. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> in, in in everything I just said I just wanted to call Mark out because making him watch a foreign film and have to suffer through the brotherhood of the wolf was, was kind of something that I wanted to see and I do genuinely love the man I do genuinely love him but Having him suffer through a movie and like that would have been great. We
0: do always like his uh, his takes. I definitely appreciate. It. I mean, I asked for those comments because I, I didn't know that he was as passionate as he is. But I definitely I sought out those comments and wanted to uh, have his oh, yeah. voice be heard and also kind of you know lend to more. Uh, like I, I don't want it to feel like him <laughs> listening back to this is just like. Uh, all three of us disagree with him and and jared going so far as to say that he's an idiot lunatic but (laughs) david and i didn't go that far like we appreciate his his uh thought some people just don't like movies and obviously he he has a different interpretation and appreciation for it um okay we kind of touched a little bit on it was those end credits and i think that's another thing that this movie does really well because there's a message that it's kind of portraying throughout the movie and maybe not with his much like subtlety or nuance as you know could be expected and maybe that's just the the pratfalls of being a first-time script writer but i think at the the very end we do kind of see the different thoughts and interpretations from people so you have these interviews with the people uh the word on the the people on the street kind of thing i really liked how it was like truthful in the varying opinions of course not Mm -hmm. everyone is going to celebrate them not everyone's going to condemn them there's going to be yep. uh, uh, there's a lot of people that are passionate on either side that think that they're the correct ones that of course they're doing the right thing or they, mm-hmm. they should be in every city or of course they're doing the wrong thing they who do they think that they are that they're above the law and there's also these huge swaths of people that don't really know or don't really care or have a strong opinion either way and just want to be left alone like or refuse it's very to...
2: yeah, i i so. think even more than that the ones that really hit are the ones where notice they get them and they're questioning them in a public place and they refuse to comment.
0: Yes, they don't they're... want to put their opinions on record because of they're... how it's going to reflect upon them. Exactly.
1: Isn't the first the... guy that they come up to like, hey, what do you think about the, the, the boondocks? And he's like, yeah, no, I'm good. Wasn't that the first I don't first think it's
2: person? the first one, but yeah. It's, it's one, one of those. One who... Who... Yeah, it was like yeah, one of the very he's... first ones. Yeah, no
1: comment. Yeah. And just walks away. I thought that was brilliant.
0: it's very very accurate and kind of just telling representation of society like every single issue not just something like this not only politically but socially i thought that this inclusion was really really clever and just so like kind of salient like this was relevant in 1999 it's relevant certainly you know 25 years later now which just sounds insane to say that it's that long ago but it's the same kind of thing like people are passionate on either side of the, of the spectrum and there's people in the middle that just couldn't give a fuck less. Or like we just said, like they have an opinion, but they are worried about how that's going to reflect upon them and how other people are going to view them. So they don't will aren't willing to share it. So just well, and so if... really good. I, I thought that was a perfect inclusion and way to wrap it up.
2: So, yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a representation of the way that this country legitimately interacts with this question of morality and law and crime when they intermingle is because you do have you literally have these people who are like yeah we should kill everyone and it's like okay what about your grandpa who committed a crime 26 years ago oh no not him not him no (laughs) but the guy selling weed down here we should shoot him yeah Uh, You know, and those arguments, like I've seen them actually unfold Mm -hmm. um, multiple times in academic settings, uh, (laughs) let alone on the Internet. Um, So, yeah, to your point, it's it's a perfect, to me, the way they do the end credits is a perfect representation of how people actually talk about and interact with. I mean, Fox News is a media outlet for a reason. It's Mm -hmm. a media outlet because... They would be the people finding all the guys who are like, these guys are ordained by God, which right. is not a good representation of the Christian uh, populace. By the way, they find the fucking crazy people who like well, yeah. lift up snakes and get bit. Okay, not...
1: <laughs> dude. The, the redneck and the, the, the redneck that's standing outside the trailer that is still standing with a crazy accent is always going to be better than you know Cindy Lou who down the way. But I I love the way that you put it because. Remember that one gal that was like, don't say it. Don't say that shit. Your mom's going to find out, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. (laughs) In today's society, if you make a fucking crazy statement, the amount of people who will look at that find you on the internet... And then mm-hmm. Doxy was insane. Could you imagine if we put those people in the CIA or put those people uh-huh. in information technology and how good they would do? Where they find some random person they disagree with me and then go after him with such fervor and vigor, wow. it'd be insane. Not to sound
2: like Mark, but you know, what do you think some of those people are? It, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Two 0. Fucking
1: feds. But I also I also wanted to to, to bring
2: Which, up. Oh shit! I didn't fuck. Yeah,
1: no, fuck you, David.
0: I no, lost go it. God damn it. Another... Okay. No, wow. I lost it. I... Son of a bitch. Shit. <laughs> I lost it. Now you both lost it.
2: No. It's... Well, no, I didn't lose mine. I just forgot to mention it earlier. Okay. Um, well, uh, when we were talking about the character of uh, like Willem Dafoe's character, uh, Paul Smecker. Yeah. Amazing. The fact that he also, uh, along with everything else we talked about, and then does the whole drag bit and everything, and he's the Fed is to me a very funny uh poke at the fbi because they who have a long and uh yes indeed attempted to be hidden past uh, (laughs) of high-ranking officials who uh, would the highest the director i'm not even talking about the director there's a lot of other stories and things that you could get into i (laughs) found a lot of shit researching the fbi when i was in school uh they were gay No, No. specifically the the big thing is there were a large amount of high-ranking officials throughout the FBI's history, despite them being very anti-LGBTQIA plus in their policies, um, who were uh, uh, cross-dressers and even some uh, trans individuals and stuff later, even though they would make policies that were very anti-LGBTQIA plus, which Ah. makes smacker's character even that much funnier to me um that's what i meant to say uh i you guys are gonna have to vamp for a second i have to answer this
1: no you're fine okay i i I remembered eric i remembered it um yes so going back to that what the argument david was talking about you know where it's like what if it was your mom that got hit by a car or you know what if it was your policy that put somebody in jail like a Mm -hmm. couple of the policies that i want to put in place now i'm from wisconsin I hate beer. I hate alcohol. Like I hate how people get away with the UIs under one of my policies that I would enact. My dad would be in jail for a very, very, very long time. And I I've had those questions and those debates thrown in my face. Well, what if this was your mom? What if this was your dad, your grandma, your grandpa? It's like, yeah, that's where you have to be so secure in what you're picking for penalties. That makes sense. Right. Cause it, um, one of the famous things that I always used to hear back, back about it. If it's, if it's a payable fine, it's just the fee for you to do something horrible, right? Mm. There's, I've always hated that. I've always hated when something is a fine or when somebody gets off with a slap on the wrist. And I've, I've just always been a nasty. See, it doesn't, it doesn't bode well. Now that we're off the topic and we've moved on to the, the wonderful <laughs> uh, William Defoe topic, because that man, that man was a fucking genius in that ep- that that movie. Like I loved the moment he was introduced, and when he was not on screen, I was almost kind of upset, a fucking spaghetti that he wasn't there
0: i thought he was great i don't know how many times mark has seen it i don't know how long it's been since he's seen it but i mean he's obviously got something like in in his mind that he thought that that was uh like this gay kind of stereotype that with not a lot of nuance and again i'll reiterate i thought that he was the most like fleshed out like character that's given the most kind of story i think if (laughs) anything you know like the mcmanus brothers they're just they're tools right like they're the protagonists (laughs) of the of the film but they're basically they're just the guys that are pulling the trigger there that we're kind of I guess supposed to root for or are we like at the end like uh, there's enough of uh, kind of like the the subtlety like it's up it's up to it's left up to interpretation and I think that we're kind of like we're, we're dragging on Troy Duffy here saying like okay yeah it wasn't the greatest script and everything like The guy was 26 and it was his first script and i think that there is a lot more kind of humor and entertaining bits and subtlety and uh just kind of like brevity in in the the script that we're not giving him credit for and um i I really think
1: he wrote the the movie around william defoe like i feel like that's what he did he wrote a character and he was like how can i make this one character because to your point he is the most fleshed out character. Everyone else is kind of uh, everyone else is kind of small except for William I would
2: I I don't disagree with that he has the most nuance to his character, but I I it, it seems very clear that the the brothers and the family and the religious uh conviction plays very highly into the whole point of the movie. I I I I think there's too much that supports the question of do you support uh, this ideology of killing evil um, and letting good people uh, live even if they aren't quite perfect or uh, a- and this sort of do you believe that there are people who are called by God and and are you know allowed to do things that would be evil by other people? like I, I think those two questions are so deeply interlaced in this movie that you can't say, that he wrote the movie around Smecker and then plugged everything else in, but
1: I mean that's well, he's was, the best was, character. That's the symbolism, David.
0: <laughs> I was Symbology. just thinking of something <laughs> as to what you what you just brought up about uh, the religion uh, aspect of it, and kind of like because they even get like okay, not only the, do they get kind of like the the free pass from the feds because now they're. The, the local cops and Smecker are like aiding and abetting in them. They're like even allowing them to get into the courtroom to take out Yakovet at, at the end, right. So not only do we have like law enforcement kind of like biting behind it, but also uh, Smecker kind of felt like even though he's an atheist, he got the the go ahead from like the the priest in the confession. Right. So the priest maybe like concerned for his own well-being, kind of said whatever he thought that Smeker wanted to hear so that he didn't get hurt. Maybe that was part of it. But now basically we're feeling like, okay, they they truly are ordained by God. Right. But Il Duce even says at the end, he kind of puts it back in like the humanities kind of thing, like because uh, I can't remember if it it was Connor. uh, I forget who it was um, that that asked, like, how far are we going to go with this? And he says, well, how far are you willing to go? It's not like how far is God going to allow you to go or demand that you go? It's how far are you as a human to take it upon yourself to do this? Because they're saying like, okay, you feel like this is your calling to do this, but God's not the one that's forcing you to pull the trigger. You're pulling it yourself. So I, I, I...
2: sorry, if you can hear Kyle, he's screaming, Yeah, Um... tell
0: him, shut up, Kyle. Yeah.
2: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. I, to your point and and I I don't disagree. I think it's also it ties back into that question that was very much so involved in the Zeitgeist at the time that he would have been writing this, um which is the question of the death penalty, especially because one of the the areas and and places that especially in the 90s is very heavily tied to um religious groups and and especially Christianity. Um, And Catholicism is obviously the conservative party in 1996, which is only three years before this is when uh, all the stuff started happening and the hoopla with Texas trying to fast track a path to execution dates. Um, And so, you know, I mean comedians you have stand-up comedians talking about it and you know they're trying to put in an express lane and blah 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 i mean they basically legally were and they were using the anti-terrorism and uh effective death penalty act to do it um and that's a whole nother thing that i could get into but i won't uh, but uh so i mean i i think that the the link between the the question there and the religious uh iconography in this and the idea of these guys being ordained by god is very much so tied to what was actively happening in the united states at this time and was asking the populace the question of like well how do you feel about this how does the actual country think about this jared
0: where you at buddy you want to weigh in on that what's your thoughts
1: yeah i can fucking weigh in on that um First off, I don't really fucking care about the death penalty argument and all that other dumb stuff. Uh, thank you for trying to call on me while I was going to the bathroom. Good thing my bathroom was like <laughs> five feet away. But like this, like I, again, th- this is this is the whole difference between the way we interpret movies. Like I just thought this was a fun shoot 'em up movie, and I was like, okay, yeah, cool. I mean, like to 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 the point of if we know for a fact you're a bad guy, you deserve to die because you're you you. Control out deleting yourself out of the matrix is going to be the benefit of net society here. Cool. Let's find a way to control delete you, right? I, I mean, you look at the cost of keeping somebody in prison for life. You you look at you look at all these benefits and 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 how much it costs to keep somebody in and and, and do all these other things. It's like, is it really fucking like uh, just fine, control delete? That, right that now. man
0: right here can give you an exact. I know, figure and
1: I know, and I can. That's, that's the whole debate. <laughs> that's the whole argument. You know what? Nobody fucking cares. It's a movie. I just want to watch a movie and be entertained. I don't care about the political okay. background. I don't care about that. So that so just entertain me. That man. leads
0: perfectly into what the last. Unless anybody has anything no, else, ahead. I have no. one final yeah, question. No, I'm not,
1: I'm not going to sit here while David debates all that shit about the prison system and stuff because as much as I would like to learn about it. <laughs> don't call his
0: livelihood shit, my God. Okay, so let's see. Fine. The largest disparity that we've had from Rotten Tomatoes, critics' interpretation to the <laughs> audience's appreciation. Rotten Tomatoes was 26%, certified rotten, a 4.6 average, but the audience score, 91%. So obviously the critics hated it. The audience loved it. Why do you think that there was such a huge variance?
1: The critics are paid. Ratatouille. No, 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 fucking the whole movie Ratatouille. Watch it. Figure it out. Learn it. Fucking stay. What?
2: Over. I have no fucking clue what he's talking about. It's but a a I ri- Ratatouille?
3: I think that Okay.
2: I... I think that one, because it is entertaining and funny, despite what people say, uh, that's obviously going to get it. A, uh, I think you get a lot of people who are the Jared's of the world who just want to watch something that makes them giggle. Uh, that's a
1: compliment, has some, by
2: the way. I'm not saying it's not. But, you know, they want to see something that's going to entertain them, make them giggle, and cool. Money well spent. Uh, on the other hand, I think because it was so relatable to people and things that were happening at that time and discussions that were actively happening, I think it's going to resonate with people more than something that is talking about things that haven't yet come to pass. I mean, we're on the cusp of, you know, fucking a hologram, I guess, Blade Runner. But, you know, <laughs> I <Chair> can't wait. <laughs> but I, I think that a lot of moviegoers especially when it's directly relatable to them i think you're going to see a higher audience score to that's to that stuff even if to be fair and i love this movie it doesn't necessarily deserve it i was surprised to see that it got an audience score of 91% cuz it it didn't really take off until much af- much later after oh it yeah came a
0: out. huge box office failure i mean one oh, massive. B- because of like how controversial it was or whatever even at the time it didn't get a lot of screens. I think it only made right. like it made like less than a hundred thousand dollars in the box yeah. in the box office. But it completely it was only blew like up.
2: Thirty thousand.
0: Oh really? It was that even was lower low. than that? I give it
2: more credit. But it I'm might... gonna I'm gonna look it up again. But dude, what are the first but Google DVD terms?
0: sales were just like
1: one of the first things I googled was why did the bo- Boondocks why did Boonette Six fail flop? Like that was one of the first search things suggested searches that came up every time I tried to look up something about Boondocks. Why did it yeah, Why did it
2: box fall? office was thirty point four seven thousand. Thirty thousand dollars
0: in nineteen ninety nine, yeah. which is paltry even for then. So holy cow! But I mean, yeah, like the just cleaned house in DVD is like definitely uh, a cult movie. Like that definitely kind of earned its status.
1: I mean, what I mean, what I mean by the Ratatouille statement is like every food critic ever that's out there. It's like surprise me, right? Like. At the beginning of the movie, you you watch him and he's like, I'm gonna grade you like a fucking hawk, right? He's he's trying to tear this apart, find a reason for it to be bad. He's like, Impress <laughs> me, right? I was and just, then at the, at the end the how movie, much
0: better that would have been if the if the critic in Ratatouille said I'm, like, <laughs> I'm gonna grade you like a fucking hook.
1: <laughs> and then and then all of a sudden at the end, you know, he's like, Surprise me, you know, Remy, surprise me, right? Uh, and he he's more open thinking. When you have that mentality of, I'm going to go and watch this, go into a movie with an open fucking mind and watch it and be happy, right? Just go into it blank slated. If you go into it expecting X, Y, and Z, and it's not X, Y, and Z, you're going to come out feeling deflated. You're going to come out feeling a certain way, right? But if you go into it, I'm going to watch this for pure entertainment joy. Let's go see what happens. You're going to have a better time. That's why the critics always give it different scores. Because the way David watches a movie is going to be the different way than you do it, and you might have different scores there, but you're going to grade it on that curve. You're looking for things to grade, whereas you have a lot of people that go on to Rotten Tomatoes, and they're the Jareds of the world. We're like, oh, my God, this movie, had sparkles. it sparkles. It's great. Nine, nine out of ten. Right? So
0: Yeah, I get that. I mean, there's certainly uh, a level of... Of that for sure, of like having low to no expectations will allow you to enjoy something more. And to Jared's point, like if you're a critic and you know that you're gonna have to give this a, a score, and maybe you like human beings are human beings like you're gonna have good days you're gonna have bad days like if you go into it having a shitty day you're probably not going to give it a a fair crack or i also think that it's kind of like the same thing like if you had to beta test video games like that seems like it would be the perfect job but i'm sure if you did that for a while you'd be like you'd fucking hate games because you're especially you're getting like the worst of the worst you're finding all the errors that were like and you become so critical of doing that like that uh, that being your job where it's probably difficult to even enjoy playing a game so if you're a critic of a movie that has to have uh that it, that it's expected to write you know five thousand words or whatever to tell people whether it's worth watching or not yeah you're, you're probably going to have a more critical eye pun intended uh than the the normal joe blow that's gonna watch it so well it's
2: yeah i mean uh, it, it comes down to even just the way that we This show, you know, uh, Blade Runner 2049, for instance, uh, you know, I'm watching it and catching these things and being annoyed by some of these things that maybe would have completely been missed by me because I'm trying to analyze it to then be able to talk about it. Whereas Mm -hmm. if I just sat down and just watched it, um, actually to be honest with that one I would have hated it more but that's a whole <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but if I have just jarred it and just been like just put it Jared. on and watch it and see if I enjoy it um yeah of course it's going to be very different how you perceive and take those things in yeah that's
0: <laughs> I love how that's now the verb for watching movies <laughs> casually just jarred it <laughs> no fuck it sender just jarred it
2: <laughs> listen I just love the way he describes how he watches movies, like, cause, it, and the reason I turned him into a verb is because he tries to like act like I don't ever put a movie in just to be like, all right, fuck it, play, let's see what happens. Ninety percent of my movie watching is that way, but when I'm coming to talk about and discuss the thing, of course, I'm gonna watch it with a critical eye. That's yeah, just just, just
1: soak it up. That's all I'm saying. Just soak it up and enjoy <laughs> the moment, right? And then, and then, if you want to get critical, watch it a second time, right? But I you pitch a
2: three-hour movie. I work for a living and have kids.
1: I work for a living too and have kids as well too. Mine are just feathered, and are very (laughs) self-sufficient.
0: Yeah. Speaking of long movies and long podcasts, uh, we probably should get through. Yeah, we should get moving to to the next one. Uh, My selection was *Brotherhood of the Wolf* le pack de loops from 2001 uh it was written by stefan Cabell and Christoph gans directed by Christoph gans starring samuel le bihan mark de <laughs> vincent castle and the wonderful incredible monica bellucci what are you laughing at no,
2: nothing, <laughs> i'm nothing laughing at much. jared okay <laughs> you read uh, off one of the names and he started cackling which <laughs> made me laugh <laughs>
0: okay uh had an IMDb score of 7.0 do i even want to know jared
1: no I'll, I'll, it's my first note it's my first note. okay we'll about. all right
0: he's already getting uh, eager to, to spill that imdb score 7.0 rotten tomato uh critic score 73 percent uh fresh it's an average of 6.3 out of 10 audience score also pretty similar 78 percent the IMDB synopsis well actually no let's have uh Jared go ahead and give your synopsis for what this film is
1: where is morning thank you you're welcome ah uh, so uh the Brotherhood of the wolf uh, a movie that I actually really really uh, found way back in 1999 actually speaking of that time frame um
0: um this came out two years after that so that would be impossible unless where? you this was movies from 2001.
1: Oh, no, the timeline's all messed up. No worries. It's okay. It's all, it's all the, the blows to the head. Anyways, so <laughs> it's the 1800s and dubbing movies hasn't been widely accepted yet. The weebs have yet to allow us to use their dubbing technology to make movies better. So come follow us as we watch one of the most C-rated films that reads like a comic book and is about as choppy as its storytelling as, as you can get. With its super generic stereotypes, let's watch an old school beat-em-up movie where I'm pretty sure 1800 percent uh the of of the movie's budget went to the fight scenes and uh yeah youtube censorship for the win baby
0: youtube you watched this on youtube
1: oh yeah i watched this on youtube did the censorship was phenomenal uh yennefer and i were cackling the entire time everything came up that was censored it was so good
0: okay i'm guessing that's not that even sarcasm is, by the way was probably terrible um so I, i'm sure that that's going to to color your appreciation of not this dude, film i've down. seen this
1: movie like a hundred times
0: the imdb synopsis in 18th century france the chevalier de franzac and his native american friend manny are sent to the Javadan province at the king's behest to investigate the killings of hundreds by a mysterious beast Okay. Uh can I tell the story? Can I not yet, not yet. David's Mm. losing his shit. While he is losing his shit, I'll do the desensitized to violence counter. So okay. Obviously, I'm very bad at this. There wasn't a true wiki breakdown like there was for the past two films, but seeing how this was based in an actual factual account, there is a listing of over 100 fatal attacks attributed to the Beast of Jabadan. I counted 30 on-screen deaths just for the humans. There are obviously many more poor wolves as well. I went with a total of 100 to split between fact and fiction. So that puts us as a total for our B films of 189, including a, we're at a grand total now of 555. Yeah. Uh, Good number. Yeah. Okay. Um, do we want let's get into the breakdown i guess Baby, break down. Go ahead, give me, give me. okay we'll do tom petty i will absolutely give you the breakdown during the french revolution the marquis d'apche writes his memoirs in his castle he recounts to 1764 when a mysterious beast terrorized the county of gavidon Grégoire de Fransac, a knight and the royal naturalist of King Louis of France, and his Iroquois companion, Manny, arrive to capture the beast. Fransac becomes interested in Marianne de Moranges, the daughter of a local count whose brother, Jean-Francois, was also an avid hunter and a world traveler, whose arm was mangled and rendered useless while overseas. Fransac is also intrigued by Sylvia, an Italian courtesan at the local brothel. Uh, While investigating a victim, Franzak finds a fang made of steel. The traumatized child witness swears that the beast is controlled by what seems to be a human master. As the investigation proves unfruitful, the king's weapon master, Lord de Butrine, arrives to put an end to the beast, and Franzak is sent back to Paris, but he realizes the beast is actually an instrument of a secret society, the Brotherhood of the Wolf, which is working to undermine public confidence in the king and ultimately take over the country back in javadan the attacks by the real beast continue and fronzac returns to put an end to the beast killings at a secret rendezvous with marianne they're attacked by the beast where it mysteriously refrains from attacking her um lots of other stuff here um
1: <laughs> how did you how did you pronounce uh manny's uh tribe iroquois oh shit. come on. allow every goddamn time oh no i get wait Iroquois?
2: Oh, it's hold on. It's I didn't need this site. Yeah, it's Iroquois. Iroquois. It's Iroquois. Whatever.
0: Okay. That's Dude, you Google- can't
2: use Google Translate. They don't say shit right ever. Whatever.
0: I was okay. I was um, have sorry. you
2: never heard have you never met someone who's Iroquois? Like, I dated um, uh what was Kathy? He's gonna say like Blackfoot or something.
1: No, no, her <laughs> Cherokee. <laughs> No, she wasn't Cherokee. She was Sue. She was chippewa Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, her last Psyox. name.
1: I was, I was one of the few people who never made fun of her last name or made the pun with it. And I won't say it on air because she's super findable. Uh, but, yeah, oh. she had a very distinct last name that people would make fun of. And I just never made fun of.
3: Well,
2: you're
0: going no, to have to write it down and remember to tell us afterwards because we're uh, not going to try to seek her out. But now that you told us there's a pun involved, I got to hear this I, fucking pun. I she's mean, cool I live.
2: In Indian country, like uh, so, I'm okay, I'm okay. used to it. it I do not like. I don't know. I I grew up with a lot of like Arapaho and and uh, a few Crow and stuff in this area, so like I'm used to hearing the the names that. Like I still I still it still bothers me when I like hire someone from the East Coast and they hear a native's last name for the first time and they're like that's a weird last name, that's fucking normal for us.
1: Okay, so Kathy's last name was
0: Well did you make a timestamp or something that you're gonna Oh no, I actually paused the recording there. Okay.
1: There there's a there's a little transition (laughs) to and her last name was Did you pause the recording? Did you stop it? Did you make a time set? Yeah, no, it's 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 cut out. If it's not cut out, I'm gonna have a very, very, very frantic text message on Tuesday.
0: all right well let us are we rolling again let us go
1: yeah yeah no we've been we were rolling we're good awesome i'm just over so here great. reading my notes this is awful
0: <laughs> right. okay Franzek, manny <laughs> and a young marquis set out in the forest and set up an array of tracks to capture the beast it's severely injured but it escapes manny sets off alone in pursuit where he finds the catacombs uses the beast holding pen, inhabited by the brotherhood outnumbered manny is shot and killed Franzac discovers Manny's body and performs an autopsy, finding a silver bullet, which is Jean-Francois' signature choice of ammunition, and in a fit of rage, a vengeful, Franzac goes to the catacombs and slaughters many members, but is overpowered by the local authorities and imprisoned. Sylvia visits him in jail and reveals that she is a spy for the Holy See. She explains that Henry Sardis, the local priest and leader of the Brotherhood, believes that he is uh, restoring worship of God to France by employing the beast to kill the peasants. Pope Clement, the thirteenth, uh, has decided that Sardis is insane and has sent her to eliminate him. She then poisons Franzac, saying that he knows too much. Meanwhile, Jean-Francois comes to Marianne's room and reveals that he is truly the beastmaster. It's recognized his scent on her when it came near her, which is why it did not attack. He then brutalizes her when she rejects his advances. It Sylvia's sucks. agents, yeah. Which I did not recall in in the watching of this film. Very disturbing. Very I was going
2: to give you some shit for picking this film, not going to lie.
0: Yeah, also with all the uh, brutalization of the, uh, the animals, uh, did not recall that. It had been a long time, obviously, since I had seen it. I'm much more sensitive, certainly, to... Not only, you know, like the essay the stuff, but certainly animal cruelty as well, which that was, it seemed uh, unnecessary and gratuitous, did not care for that. But anyway, well, finishing off the, the breakdown, Sylvia's agents exhumed Franzak, who had not been killed, but merely put into a temporary coma. And he appears at one of the Brotherhood's sermons, he kills several members, including Jean-Francois, who reveals that he regained use of his supposedly mangled arm. Sardis escapes into the mountains, but is mauled to death by a pack of real wolves. Franzac and Marquis go to the beast layer where it lies severely wounded. It turns out that the beast was a lion that Jean-Francois brought back from Africa as a cub that was tortured into becoming vicious and trained to wear spiked metal armor. Franzac takes pity and kills the beast in an act of mercy. The Marquis finishes writing his account just before he is led to his execution by a revolutionary mob. He states that he doesn't know what happened to Franzak and Marianne after the death of the beast, but he hopes it's somewhere that they are happy together. A final scene shows Franzak and Marianne sailing on a ship called the Frere Loop Brother Wolf. And that is the film. Uh, wanna,
2: you want a faster synopsis? <laughs> Please. Pride and Prejudice, if written by George R. R. Martin. <laughs> god damn it yeah you
1: gotta find a way to shorten those (laughs) i'm with your wife on that one am i wrong though
0: no you're not wrong (laughs) um i did i let you guys give the i didn't read the whole complete dissertations uh the whole wall of text i felt that this one had a come on for a two and a half hour movie that i i think actually was uh pretty abridged that was yeah. basically the broad uh, strokes for sure.
2: Also, because I had to watch this with fucking ads. This was a three-hour movie for me as well. I
0: apologize for that.
2: So
1: The only thing that, that, like, I have a ton written down and a ton I was supposed to look up, and then I just didn't. Um, the girl, if if you listen to her voice, right? The, the one that uh, Sir Dan So I will refer to, uh, who's the main guy again? Bronzak? Yeah, Bronzak. Yeah. Uh, apparently Google doesn't like Franzak being spelled. They called him Transaxle. Uh, so that's how I know him is Sir Transaxel, I guess. But what? the the girl that he Trans-Axel. goes after, right? I don't know. In fact, I, I was typing it out while watching the movie and then and then giggling too hard at the blurred parts. She sounds like she's 35 when she's supposed to be like 18 in the film. Like you look at the actress, she's young as shit. But, and then the, the woman dubbing her voice sounds like she's
2: 35. Dude, it's the hilarious. dubbing was like... It was so it, bad. It, I can tolerate bad dubbing. I've watched worse. The problem with the dubbing in this film is that it's very clear that they paid different people to work on different sections of the film because <laughs> the quality of the dubbing yes, yes, changes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it is infuriating. It absolutely destroyed. Like, before we got to the parts that actually destroyed the movie for me, it was destroying it. For me, from the get go, because you'd have like two scenes in a row where the dubbing is pretty good, and I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. And then you would go to the next scene, and the dubbing was like a minute off, mm. like it was bad.
1: I, I, I real, I think it was like ten minutes into the first time watching this movie, I was like, oh, it's dubbed. Like I would have never noticed up until I think it was like ten minutes in, where I was just like, oh, this is dubbed. Yeah. It was was bad.
0: I tend to like the original versions, like the original language, and I'm okay with reading subtitles, but I'm also a fast reader. I get that subtitles aren't everybody's kind of jam.
2: I couldn't find it
0: uh, not dubbed. Um, So... Uh yeah. Yeah, well this is another one of just me being super old school. I also had this on D V D just like ah, for yeah this is yeah, yeah. so oh,
1: you fucking
2: <laughs> I own a lot of DVDs, but they're in boxes put away in storage because I don't use them anymore. That's um fair. but I I do not own this. This was definitely a first uh this was uh the only first time viewing for me out of these three and uh boy. I mean, yeah, a lot of negatives. Certainly, I kind of
0: led with it. I mean, the the sexual assault (laughs) stuff. Everybody knows I've been very vocal about that. Huge red flag for me. And it's incestuous. Yeah, that's uh, that's the uh, best uh, part.
1: That's the best part. Jared, you are such uh, a shut up Uh, (laughs) Pornhub. What? uh, It's just so dumb. The
0: animal stuff, obviously. Hugely sensitive to that. That was that made me cringe and kind of like cower every time that was because that that did seem like it was gratuitous, like the hunts and everything. Like, I mean, I get what they were going for, but it was like they didn't have to show it. It just I hated it.
1: Yeah, but um, you don't a lot of a like wolf and it doesn't do a, a 720 flip, man.
0: I don't know how it Well, works. it was shot with this like in you know, high power, like he had tweaked that. That was the one that you're talking about that was shot by Jean Francois that had the the silver um pellet that he made his own ammunition and he like souped up that gun or whatever a that,
1: lot of the shots like, were were wolves basically flipping and it, it's just no like you just you hit the ground and then slide that's how that happens even with those big balls but yes to your point maybe with fucking lion boy because i couldn't pronounce his name
0: jean francois i'm not okay gonna so that. lots of uh negatives certainly Hopefully you guys found some positives in it. I found some positives, namely the biggest one for me. Now having Irish wolfhounds, seeing Irish wolfhounds, like having a couple sightings in the movie, really fucking cool because they're so rare that like you still don't even get a lot of them, even in uh, like movies and, and uh, pop culture stuff. So a couple different Irish wolfhound sightings, really really neat for for me to see. Monica Bellucci, another you know, huge positive. She just damn. Damn, right. Any, can anybody agree with that? I'm sorry. I,
2: I won't disagree with it. I mean, <laughs> she's attractive, but eh, I. Which one are we talking about now? I
1: I, I got lost.
0: She was second. the Italian, the like the prostitute. Oh, yeah. the that lady of the was night. The
1: madam. Okay. Yeah, I just love the fact that. Transaxle was sleeping with her for like three months and he's like Excellent. he's trying to find a way to to sleep with main red like the main princess or whatever I don't fuck look I don't know I couldn't follow the names and
0: Marianne was, Demirages sure
1: whatever Marianne I love how he's like fucking her sleeping with her doing all this shit and he's like I'm so in love with this girl and then fucking midnight lady's like oh that's cool that's gangster I'm gonna help you fall in love with her I think that is the the most baller side story ever All right, in my eyes, that is the most baller side story ever.
0: Well, I mean, this was the 18th century in in France. So, yeah, the the
1: Italian goth girl's like, Yeah, Transactional's been dicking me down, but every time he (laughs) caught, I can't get over it. (laughs) Every time he nuts, he's thinking of you. Just want you to know he calls your name in his sleep. I think it's adorable. And then Marianne's like, Really? He calls my name in his sleep when he's with you after he just dicked you down? That's amazing. And I'm like, Wow. Brothels must She's have
3: just French.
0: been, like, whatever. She's <laughs> Brothels
1: must have just been, like, whatever back in the day. It must have been, I'm like, sorry, the grocery can... store, dude.
0: Uh, Another positive for me. uh, Vincent Castle. <laughs> a- absolutely abhorrent character. Just, like, truly reprehensible actions. Mind Vile and disgusting. He's Yeah, Jean-Francois. He's just top to bottom, but so well acted. Because, any, in my opinion, like anybody that you can uh, like hate the guy based on the character that he plays means that he did uh just phenomenal job I think and yeah it, his disfigured arm I think pretty metal like the way that he, he uses it to kind of like uh control the beast and that bone sword fucking epic I thought I, I thought that was really cool like added in it really for for a thing that was kind of like factually based. This was like a level of like a fantasy kind of thing, and obviously, you know, like the the, the weapon that the that um, that the beast was wearing. But yeah, the the bone weapon was like the this fantasy thing that I thought was pretty cool. Please, not please to
2: yeah. go down another weapon related tangent. So I will make this quick. But the weapons in this movie irritated the fuck out of me, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially okay. the Iroquois tomahawk. That's not. It's, it looks like a toy. Dude, it no, it looks like something out of fucking Mortal Kombat. It has absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with Native Americans or the Iroquois. Their actual tomahawks are beautiful and awesome, and they would have been amazing to use here. Uh fuck you, Props Master, for not doing that because it would have accomplished the same thing. They're they're elegant in their simplicity and fuck you uh, but uh,
1: what about the what about the potatoes spewing puree
0: <laughs> what potatoes the the uh, when they were shooting yeah the pumpkins
1: pumpkin spewing oh, the pumpkins? puree yeah no yeah. that's not how that happens
2: yeah well i mean so like i get it's not as explosive as what they're showing there cuz they're trying they they stuck them down on spikes so they were already split it's just the leftover from the inside. But that the, that didn't bother me nearly as bad. No, that's um, not how
1: pota- that's not how potato. But pumpkin's small, fucking explode. First of
2: all, you're but thinking it's, it's a potato. There's so no puree it's, inside it's a, a pumpkin.
1: Struggle. There's not.
2: But when we use the French claw weapon which then we just exaggerate. Okay, cool. And there's like a million of those cuz this movie's super French, which all right, whatever. But then oui, we oui. to like fuck up that that tomahawk so bad that it doesn't look anything like any tomahawk ever it's just so awful but it, that does lead me to my first point which i'm so glad they corrected because had it stayed that way i i i don't know if i'd have made it through the movie um but the fight scenes the first two mm-hmm. the slow-mo is fucking why Calm down, Christopher Nolan! Jesus Christ! They blew their <laughs> way like, on the choreography, dude. Dude, it's so bad. Okay, it's...
0: well, so this this two, two I agree with you, uh, and I think it's very off-putting, especially now all these years later. But uh, keep in mind of the time frame when this would have been in production. This would have been this came out in two thousand one, so it would have been in production in two thousand. The Matrix had just come out the year before with the bullet time, so obviously that was a huge success. So they'd be like, you know what, we got to do. Slow it the fuck down. So any kind of fight scene, you got to choreograph it with uh, the, the stop motion kind of, yeah. It, it I'm was so definitely glad done they purpose.
2: abandoned it. I'm so glad they abandoned <laughs> it. 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 <laughs> it made
1: no sense either. Like, it, it was such a good fight scene, and I can see kind of why they did it, but it made no sense. No sense.
2: The, the times that they slowed it down yeah. were, were just wrong. Yeah like you chose the wrong time for slow-mo go back to when you're cracking that dude in the back of the head with the bow staff yeah. <laughs> slow that down for a second that would be cool
0: i i, I did i'd love to oh sorry jared no go no, ahead. no
1: go, go ahead go ahead i, I was gonna go down i was gonna say
0: tangent. another positive for me was manny mark DeCascos. uh he's treated like shit obviously you know for the majority uh, of the film by almost everybody except for franzak or trans-actual. uh trans-actual. but then, but he's the bigger person that he defends those that can't defend themselves, and absolutely does so like a badass. Why are you rolling your eyes, Jared? What the fuck? Keep talking. Ooh. It's fine. Keep going. I- and he I brings love to that his character to so martial arts ass kickery to 18th century France. I liked it.
1: He, dude, Steve. it's. I like his tattoos. He's got a massive fucking dick. Like they 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 do the, the the typical thing like I get it they gotta give him some redeeming qualities right to to make you really like his character and okay I get it I get it that he's supposed to be this hated on spit on character everyone hates him because he's Native American or how he's American whatever however you want to say it but I just I hate that stereotypical like just like the the woman's like, oh, his tattoos, he's a witch. And then he pulls open his lap and the, the, the brothel girl's like, ooh, I like his tattoos. And she gets really excited seeing his massive dick, right? I just, I don't like that. I think it's dumb. I think it's stupid. Just make him a bad yeah. motherfucker without inputting other weird stereotype bullshit in there.
0: Jared, you're looking at this from the lens of 2024, where there's obviously still racism. Imagine how much fucking more racism there I would know. be in in the 1700s I, for these aristocratic French people I'm seeing fine. a Native American for the first time. They thought this. he was a different species, for fuck's sake.
1: Yeah, I know. The whole Kenny Breed with, uh, with your women was—I was, was I get it. It's It's period accurate. I just don't like how they shoehorn in that we know he's a bad motherfucker. That first scene where he takes on three dudes, which turned out to be like 10 guys. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but it was three guys that is attacking this one woman and the old man. And it's turned out to be 10 dudes out of nowhere. Right. That was fucking weird. He kicked all their asses. I'm sold Manny. You're my savior. You're my spirit animal. Marry me. Right. Like I get like, that's where I'm at. But you don't need to keep piling it on about it, it. It's that. I feel like when you shoehorn in all these other amazing qualities onto this one individual to like really amplify and ex—I can't think of the the e word here to make my argument better.
2: But I hate that. I hate that. With the does passion. Jared have penis envy for the fictional? I character? don't have penis envy <laughs> for the
1: fictional character. I have tattoo envy for the motherfucker and that beautiful <laughs> fucking hair that he's got. Uh-
2: Hang on, talking about the tattoos before I forget because I didn't make a note and I I, I just looked. Can we talk about for just five seconds, uh, Franck? Sec? Now the second time Transaxle. they did the Iroquois face paint, well done. First time they did it it was just straight-up blackface. <laughs> did you notice that? Yeah. <laughs> they, there were several scenes where you could tell that they did not do, because it was like an action scene or something, and you'd see just a quick glance of his fl- face, and there was no more, like, design, like skull design or anything. It was just straight-up blackface. Yeah. And I was
0: like, oh! <laughs> That's, mm, yeah. You cringe, guys remember the but garden at scene? At the end, the end was really neat.
1: Oh, sorry, yeah. the end? <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, he was talking about, like, the, the face paint that he did where he kind of, you know, he does, like, the, the skull where he it looked very imposing.
2: Yeah, when it's done deliberately and correctly, it actually looks pretty cool. Um, and, and I got to give him props since we're talking about the positive things about this film. Like, that was one thing that I, I really stuck out to me. I love the way they did that uh, for this time period. And uh, what I'm assuming is not a AAA budget, the way they did The Beast was really cool. Um, Mm -hmm. I like that they kept it ambiguous, especially since – I don't know. Do you guys know anything about the actual history of this? I do.
0: Very much so. This is – I I love the Beast of Jevedon. (laughs) I actually have a sticker on the back of my computer that's specifically the Beast of Jevedon. That's my reason for choosing this and for, like, loving this film was because I was already – like, I'm a guy that loves, you know, kind of like cryptids and, like, historical mysteries and stuff. And so I was already a huge fan of this and then finding out that there was a movie based on it, like way back in the day, I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. And so So, that's why when I knew that we were doubling back around, I was like, well, I got to pick that, even though it obviously had been a long time since I'd seen it, but.
2: So you probably know a lot. So, okay. So another question, kind of the same question. Do you know a lot about the cryptid, uh, origins of the beast of Jevedon or do you know a lot about the actual beast of Jevedon and the whole story there?
0: They have no idea what it Ex- was.
2: Exactly. So they've they've narrowed it down, uh, as best they can, to three different options. Which is why my comment about them keeping it sort of ambiguous, even though they eventually allude to and kind of show that it's a lion in the yeah. movie. Um, it, many theories exist that it was a lion, a striped hyena, or even potentially an extinct uh, now dire wolf. Yeah. Um. So yeah. It, It was really interesting watching this. I did not know that's what this movie was about at all. Uh and my dumbass did not make the connection way for way too long until like until they start like describing the beast for the third fucking time. And I'm like, wait, (laughs) Wait, Javadon? Oh Hmm. (laughs) that's hilarious. i've read so much shit about this too so for me not to make that i felt like such a dumbass halfway through this movie <laughs> i love that that's seen... great
0: that's an even better the reveal than the jake gyllenhaal ryan gosling thing, which we didn't touch on at all in blade runner i feel like it's oh my god a Wait, huge jake missed gyllenhaal, opportunity <laughs>
2: don't worry about it jared
1: okay i actually uh used to watch a lot of the history channel and a lot of their documentaries because i would rip a lot of them before I would go overseas and I'd watch a lot of cryptid ones, never heard of this one. I thought it was just some made up French story that they thought was cool and dubbed. Like that was it. I didn't know that this was real or not. It's actually
0: like a really fascinating read because I do know that you do enjoy history. So uh, seek out more of this. It's incredible. I mean, it's like the amount of rain and just like the supernatural qualities that were kind of applied to it i mean and granted a lot of it you know could have like was hysteria they think you know yeah. or just like people freaking the fuck out and a lot of like attacks probably were just you know regular wolves that they kind of attributed to the beast but the ones that they were saying wow like the the actual like verified beastage of it on attacks just like fucking bone chilling man (laughs) like i can't even imagine what that would have been like to be a peasant in that time period in in that area holy shit (laughs)
1: what's oh sorry go ahead well speaking about like how bone chilling the attacks were like if 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 this they were telling the stories back then right and the dad walks in to the church screaming oh my kids have been attacked my kids have been attacked transaxial instead of getting on his horse and riding away to go where the scene of the crime is has to hand a portrait to marianne and try to get her to go on a date with him like, you want to talk about, like, bad riding and, like, horrible. Oh,
0: they're we know. French. What to... I mean, yeah. it, it was on the way. Like, he's no, just no, like. It he told, told, he told, yes, it was. He, he literally took... came out of the thing. He said, go get Manny and my horse. He saw Marianne was leaving the church, getting into her carriage. And he's like, I want to hit that. So he's like, okay, while they're getting my horse, it's, i got it, a minute to go over here and be like.
2: It's what you would do, Jared. It's Don't not
0: even what try, I would do. Exactly. I would oh, go so give this shit. to
1: Marianne. Tell her I want to tap that. I'm going to go get my horse. He literally takes like three to five minutes, right, where he could be hauling ass to his horse, getting on his horse, hauling ass the other way where he needs to go. So he cuts out time, right, to go chase down this beast and he tries to tap it
0: ostensibly he thinks that they're just going to find one or both children murdered by the beast he doesn't have any kind of hope to actually come across the scene like that was not a time sensitive thing he'd already been there for months at this point so whatever i
2: i'm gonna Uh, i i I have to agree with eric on that one jared i don't get it
1: Okay, the marquee also had the hots for Transaxle. All right, I'm just gonna say that with the way that he wrote about Transaxle and everything, Marquee definitely wanted to tap that. All right, let's 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 be
0: real. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Huh? I can't get over
2: it. It does throw me off when he says Transaxle. I don't, of I Franzac. can't, like, I've seen the movie
1: so many times, I don't know his name. All right, don't even, François,
2: I know it.
0: Fronzac.
1: Yeah, I think of Frosty Sack.
0: Main guy Franzak, the enemy guy Jean Francois. Okay, so- uh, Jean
1: Francois. By the way, you guys remember that scene where he 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 brings transit? Fuck, I can't even transit. Franzak. Franz.
3: Transit. <laughs> trans- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Frosty Sack. So he brings Frosty Sack into the <laughs> When when he, okay. he finds the Just- painting, don't fucking argue. All right. Okay. Transaxle gets brought in because he finds the paintings, right? Lion Boy finds the paintings. Hey, buddy, Lion finds the paintings, right, in uh, Italian Goth Girl's room, right? And it's like, oh, my sister needs to know that you're banging this girl. You see the backside of him, right? He's in a very tight, form-fitting black outfit, which screams, "I'm the main villain." Uh, great, uh, great foreshadowing there. You you get a good look at the behind him and his left side as well, too nowhere in that scene can you tell that he's hiding a crippled arm and a very tight form-fitting uniform. So either they kept moving his arm to make it look like he didn't have the arm that entire time, or it was very poorly hidden.
0: Mm, They showed him, like, when he cuts it out of, like, the bodice, he had it, like, completely... It was, like, you could see that it was all, like... you
1: look at his back, and there is no bump in his back. So unless he's got the weirdest fucking front fupa you know breast lifting enhancement ever <laughs> hiding his arm back there there is no way that he's walking around comfortably like that he
2: had so extin- movies there's in these movie, things corsage. called props <laughs> yeah and they're used when they're needed and then they're not there there was. <laughs> did you think that he actually wore it the entire time <laughs>
1: the, his arm <laughs> up and behind him right like like i'm a, like i would hope that they would like leave some subtle hint because like, it's been, it's been kind of hinting that fucking incest lion boy is hard for, you know, is the one hard up on killing, right? You kind of get that whole thought process throughout the whole movie.
2: Yes. Just... But the whole mm-hmm. point is the reveal there.
1: I, I don't know. I just, I feel like that there's a good, there was a good, there was a good way to show, Oh, I I lost the use of my arm. And then every time I'm seeing the arm do the thing, it's like, well, where the fuck's your arm? I know you still have it. I know you don't have the use of it, but how are you wearing it? Like, let I show me that you're wearing it, right? Well, because
0: that was, I think, very intentional on the director's part and the writer, who was also the director, was was the co-writer, because they've shown that there's a human master for the beast that's already been revealed. And we already, yeah. we see that this human master is like using this fucked up looking arm to, you know, kind of direct the beast. Now, is that meant to, we're supposed to infer that this is really Jean-Francois and put two and two together because they also have kind of like, you know, done things with the camera to kind of pan on his like missing arm. We're meant to kind of think that, but we're also meant to, like, oh, it can't possibly be him because he doesn't have an arm. It was, like, chopped off in a Well He, in he Africa said they lost the
1: use of it in an, in a lion attack. Like, and then when the beast came out, I was like, oh, that's a lion. Like, and then I put, two, like, this is, this is one of the few movies where my critical brain was put, like, three and three together right off the rip. He, he lost it in the attack. You get that brief glimpse of it, and I'm like, that's a lion. God damn it. I know the movie <laughs> like so I, I feel I, but I just I this is that realism in me coming out again right I hear two, I see two MG42 firing at each other in MP40 and I hear three very distinct different guns right and then all of a sudden I go from hey this is a cool movie to you sons of bitches right like that's kind of where my brain goes sometimes with that
2: how'd you I, watch Blade Runner
1: how'd I watch Blade Runner oh with a very <laughs> seven open... times <laughs> like, very, with a very, very open mind. All right. And
0: uh, an open uh, fly in his pants, too. And... First Gipsy off, probably. I did that
1: beforehand. All right.
0: <laughs> so, okay.
1: But, yeah, you uh, had
2: to save some for when, you know, his heart throb came on the screen.
1: Yen's got to get something, <laughs> too, now, you know. I got to save some for her.
2: Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, up until the point that
0: Manny is killed, like, he was always the one that had been shown to be the badass. Ron was ostensibly just the naturalist. A resourceful survivor, maybe, but not a fighter. And then we get that revenge sequence uh, where he's avenging Manny. And I thought, wow, that was really cool. Where he shoots the flaming arrow into the dude's head. Where he's Mm -hmm. just, like, completely bloodthirsty because he cared that much. Like, he said, you know, where everybody else was like, oh, is he even, like, the same species and blah, blah, blah. And Franzak is just like, this guy's my brother. And he's just been murdered. And I'm going to take out every single one of you motherfuckers in know blood vengeance i thought that was really cool yeah i thought it was neat
2: i uh, oh go ahead please
0: no i was just going to move on to my next point because i didn't know but so if you have something to say to that by all means please do
2: um i love and hate the character of manny in this so much like he is simultaneously my least favorite character and my favorite character where were you when i was
1: arguing <laughs> um, <reviewing> this earlier <laughs>
2: probably for different reasons though, Jared. Not um, cuz he was uh,
0: like mad about his dick size.
2: <laughs> no, no. Um I, I hate the like just I again it, and I know that this is a me thing because I grew up around a lot of natives. I work around natives like so like to see the Native American culture just so bastardized, I. It really drove me up a fucking wall. But like to also see him, you know, be this uh, sort of be- Billy badass and also uh, a sort of gentleman of the time uh, it was a really interesting dichotomy. Um, for the character. And then they do things like fucking burn his body, which would be super disrespectful to him. Vikings. <laughs> uh what's that? Vikings. Even most Viking tribes didn't actually do that. But but like <laughs> it would have been very disrespectful to Native Americans uh <laughs> and Native American <laughs> culture. Um which kind of I don't know, it it it's so weird because they're so heavy on this bond between them. But then because the people who wrote this I think didn't have a good understanding of what Native yeah. American culture was there's was so many like glaring issues that make it seem like he and frosek are thousands of miles apart it was so hard to to feel that sort of like brotherly connection that they are writing in there and that they actually verbally say I don't know it was it was weird I I I like most of the scenes with Manny, like where it was just Manny. Manny and Franz Franzak didn't work for me so much, but
0: that's fair. Jared,
1: I just I wanted to point out in the garden scene he forgot to shave the part of his upper lip and transaxle, and it really annoyed me with all the white pottery wigs and stuff. Like, in that scene where in the garden they're arguing politics, like, it zooms in on TransAxel's face, and I'm just like, he forgot to shave the top part of his lip. <laughs> and then Yen was like, what? I was like, look at his lip. Look at the top. He, he forgot a little part right here. And because they're in all white and with the powdery face and the wigs and the period accurate time frame, she's like, yeah, he did. I was like, yeah, it's really fucking annoying. <laughs> and I don't care about anything that they're talking about right now. God. Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: It's only the, kind of the, the big reveal and the crux of the film and his impetus to return back to Javadon instead of going to Africa. And, <laughs> like did he did the top part of
1: his lip, honey. Look oh, yeah. That.
0: Okay. Uh, so, of course, <laughs> I definitely feel sorry for the Beast at the end, Christoph so I think did a good job uh, as well of showing kindness in the eyes of, of the Beast. I mean, they were exp- very expressive and I think that you're meant to feel sympathy for this creature who didn't really have... Know, much of a choice in its own nature. I thought that was kind of well uh, conveyed. And whether you know, factual or fictionalized style of choice, having it be a metal wearing lion, uh, I think really gave it an explainable kind of flesh and blood existence. But with the appear- uh, appearance that it was really easy to ascribe to some supernatural qualities, uh, I think it was a good choice, in my opinion. What are you guys' thoughts on making the, the beast a lion instead of a wolf? I
1: don't know how it survived. And, and, like, it either, like, okay, it's literally in a hunting shack in a cave in the middle of nowhere, right? Is, is essentially where it's, its hideout is described at. Lions are not really for the cold and winters of France in a, in a uniform that it probably rarely takes off. I'm curious how it stayed warm and how it didn't want to just kill and move and do a whole bunch of terror and death and destruction to everyone in said cave. Do you think lions are cold-blooded? I don't think they're cold-blooded, but I'm just thinking the colds of France are a little bit different than the, the, the plains of Africa.
0: Yeah. Well, but it had been there since it was a, a cub. Like, they said that it was brought, you know, like uh, what they say at the end... Um, The mother was brought and it had a litter, and then they kept like the the strongest one or whatever. So it had never known Africa, like it's not like it ever would have gotten used to like the the heat. Maybe, like all it's ever known is its environment. It, and I mean, like, you talk about like you don't have zoos in, in Wisconsin, Jared. There's no lions in the well, zoos.
1: Yeah, but they put a lot of things away in the winter. Or do I fucking, did I visit some of the shittiest zoos ever?
0: I think you visited a very shitty zoo.
1: They they also,
2: like, sure, they have places for them to go, Mm -hmm. but they can still go outside. They're still fine. Like, I get that they can acclimate. They're not like lizards that just, like, okay, they seize up, they freeze.
1: (laughs) But, yeah, like, this is a... They also don't hibernate. I know they don't hibernate, but think of it this, like... You have a giant fucking cat with his, which is the death death purr, right? What is the death purr like to do? They like to roam around. They like to move. Like, yeah, I get it. They're they're very sedentary creatures that have the spurts of just killing and maiming and stuff like that, right? I've seen enough nature documentaries. Okay, but I just like it's. Just...
2: Well, a lot of that also depends on if it's a male or a female.
1: Exactly. And if it's a male, males don't hunt rarely well, they hunt they
0: can that they, they don't can. hunt if they're in a pack because the right. female is to be pride right
1: but he's be pride, like the, the, the fucking so much here right because technically he's a part of the pride the food right
0: oh, but there's no other but ones there's no... like if it yeah I think it's meant to be a female anyway because we don't see any kind of some semb- well I mean it would have been covered by the armor but we don't see any semblance of mane yeah. I think
1: lionesses can have manes as well too though they can develop mains.
2: They're smaller generally.
1: It's, there there's a lot of a lot of like questions, but I forgot what the original question was.
0: Did you like what did you think of them picking a, a lion instead of a wolf? I mean I, I thought like I mean certainly the size made it more intimidating. Um and then, you know, the armor that it was wearing made it more also intimidating than just what a wolf would have been. I mean like, the biggest wolf that we see is that white wolf that they, uh, that Marianne tries to shoot in front of that, stops her, and then Manny he thanks her. That's the largest wolf that we ever see. And this lion is, like, what, three times the size of that? Like, and so, I think from an intimidation factor, I think it was a good stylistic choice. Also, fucking looked super cool as shit.
2: But. It did look cool. I, I will give you that. I, I really like the way they did the beast.
0: Yeah, just felt really, really bad for it. Obviously, you know, it had no choice. I mean, how it was brought up. I mean, they said it was raised with cruelty. Like, I mean, it, it didn't know anything else other than attacking people. But yet it still, what you know, had that kindness in its eyes and it still had a respect for um, the the master, like the one guy who was like the, the guy that we're introduced to at the very beginning of the film, who was the father of what was the what they call the witch, the girl that had epilepsy, who ended up being a real fucking cunt in the end anyway. Like she was just terrible. Like we're supposed to feel sympathy for her because it's like she's running for her life, you know, like her she's trying to escape and protect her father. And they call her a witch and they want to beat her to death. And so we're like, oh, she's sympathetic. Yes, Manny, please come to her aid and like, you know, make sure that she's not like accosted. Uh-huh. And then she's like at every fucking turn trying to like kill them or get them like hurt and maimed and killed. And so it's like when she gets her throat cut, I was just like fucking finally <laughs> Jesus. I, she, she was terrible. I fucking hated her. No, I knew from so. the minute that
1: she tried to start the pit fight, that she was a lunatic and just the town bicycle. So.
0: Okay. Any other uh final thoughts on brotherhood?
2: Uh Man, this movie was hard to watch for a lot of reasons, but also really good i i have to say there were stretches where i almost fell asleep watching blade runner this movie has about the same runtime and i never almost fell asleep but it did oftentimes feel like i was watching different movies
3: <laughs> um
2: like they really lean into you know the sort of like courtesan and and um I like to make fun of Pride and Prejudice a lot because my wife loves it and I hate that movie. Um, but So I know that's not the right, like, I know they're not going for that at all, but this sort of very Victorian uh, sure. uh, story uh, with the characters, which is interesting. And that's the problem, I think, is that it's interesting enough of a story that doesn't feel connected until the end to where in the beginning, it really feels like you're kind of bouncing between movies uh, And they really don't tie it together until like the very end of this two and a half hour long movie.
0: <laughs> well, the, I think they wanted to try to like it, it felt kind of unnecessary, like the the bridge between the beginning and the end, like the fact that yeah. the, the marquee is like in, embroiled in the French revolution. It's just like, okay. I mean, yes, this is another factual thing that happened, but was it really a part of the story? Because, um the actual uh marquis de uh, Abche, um wasn't executed during the revolution right. so that, that's the factual mistake so it kind of felt like a really weird stylistic choice for the movie like why even have that in there and have it be kind of tied with the revolution at all if he wasn't affected by it it's yeah so I, I mean I, I understand your point
2: that being said i did enjoy watching it uh so uh, thank you for introducing it to me I don't know if it's one of those films that I'll revisit anytime soon um, but it's it's definitely worth watching at least once uh, especially if you have any interest in the Beast of Jevadon. Um, it is a really interesting way to tell that story and uh, I definitely will be recommending it to one of the dudes that I work with because he's like super into cryptids and shit too so awesome Jared any final thoughts
0: on Brotherhood
1: First time I ever watched it was with an actual girlfriend of mine. She really, really liked it. I really liked it. I feel like if I could watch it in its native French and understand French, it might be a thousand times better. But I genuinely actually like this movie. Like, I remember when Eric first sh- shared his doc, the, the spreadsheet of the movies that we were going to watch, of like, hey, these are the movies to pick from. I think, like, the first 10 movies you picked, I was like, I will happily pick the same eight out of those 10 that, that I really enjoyed. It is a great movie. It's a great film. There's a lot of funny things that I picked up after watching it for like the hundredth time, but it's fucking hilarious. Um, a lot of just glaring inaccuracies. A lot of I don't weird, know the hilarity
0: is what they were going well,
1: with. Yeah, like <laughs> you shoot the pumpkin and the pumpkin spills puree, and you're like, "That's not how pumpkins work." And then the <laughs> the, the little hair lip miss on the top there, the the dubbing where he's like moving his like I I do it for the gag, but you know this is not a video podcast. As much as Eric, as much as Eric thinks, I, okay, I want this to be a video because I think the video element would add a thousand times better to it. But, like, they'll start talking, the mouth moves, and then, like, a split second later, the the audio comes in, and then they stop talking, and then the audio finishes, like, a half second later. It's great. And then of that's course
0: that's the of dubbing, man. Especially if yeah. you're not going to spend a lot of you know money with the the editing to make it it's just like she's, okay, are we, we're getting the dialogue in there. That's all yeah. we really care about.
1: And then this is eighteen year old girl, right? Hey, get Tiffany, who's thirty five with four kids, come in and and, and and do this part here. And you're like you you know, you can hear in Tiffany's voice, she's a, a she's, <laughs> she's a, seen some shit. Yes, yeah, she's seen some shit. She's a weather woman, and you're like no, you're not to a be team. fair
0: an 18 year old in uh 18th century france she's seen some shit too like she would be at the equivalent to 35 years old yeah all right i guess if uh without further ado then let's uh ask some very important questions
3: supposed to trim that and i
1: didn't
0: <laughs> it's fine <laughs> i think it's funny that it's that freaking long all right but before we begin uh this week we've got some poll results from our a episode uh asked would you rather make out with lois einhorn pre reveal but kick, kicked as hard as possible in the groin or go all the way with courtney cox but tone loke and dan marino do a very talkative and critical play-by-play 100 percent of the voters chose cox and talks wait what next don't out?
1: call it that <laughs> wait what uh den marino 100
0: 100 100 said the...
1: tone lock yeah. and Dan marino play by play you fucking
0: yes dope. correct
2: yeah it's courtney
0: <laughs> i asked would you rather eat nothing but pudding cups but everybody loves you or you eat whatever you want but your likability is based on your basketball skill level well apparently we got some foodies or people who think that they're ballers because we got a 50-50 split here. Yay! Anticlimactic. Uh, and lastly, I asked, would you rather worship and potentially fight alongside a predator or become a xenomorph and go off on your own? Predator Ally got 75% of the vote. The xenomorph orphan got some love, but just makes up the remaining 25%. Uh, listeners, you can also be a part of the vote by heading over to Underpod on twitter slash x now let's get right down to the very important questions did joe joy sorry really love k slash joe or was it all part of the programming i.e did like every version behave in the same way for every user and they were always going to express their love as part of the customer fulfillment expectation or did she truly really kind of go above and beyond her programming and love him
1: I think that no. depen- I think that depends on how you view the replicants. If the replicants become if the repli- if you believe the replicants have become sentient and have free will, I think AI had the ability to. But if you view the replicants as that's just part of their programming, um, then no.
2: I don't agree with that assessment. I I think it's one thing to think that this very different entity has the ability to become sentient and have self-awareness but still believe in the limitations of AI. Uh, Also there's the other uh, end which is the fact that it is a product specifically sold to bring joy and pleasure which means that if it does not give you that feeling then it is not satisfying its use which means you are not going to pay for it. Um, So, no, I'm going to say that Joy does not. Um, But also, I think that that's part of what makes, like, could have made that interesting, is exploring more the sort of, and not so much of, did Joy love him? I think that's irrelevant. The question is, does Joy, does Joe love her? And is Joe capable of love? I think that's a more interesting question that they did not explore.
1: I will agree with that. I'd like, I'm not going to argue that like that's a sound thought out argument.
0: Yeah. Nicely done. I I kind of uh, agree to a certain extent. I I see um, good points out of of both of those. I kind of feel like what they were going for with uh, Joe being the replicant, but having like this, moment of doubt whether he thinks he's human or not kind of shows that replicants can um kind of evolve you know we also have seen the actual evolution where they're now capable of biological reproduction which was not thought of as possible before (laughs) so joe having these thoughts thinking that he's possibly human meant that he'd evolved so i think that it was maybe possible a program that was very um cognizant of the fact that she was ai like was very um happy about the emulator because of of what that meant knowing her limitations you know that she was only you know confined to this area and now was free to go anywhere also the limitations knowing that she couldn't you know physically be with him which is why she had to kind of introduce the the other the hooker that was part of like the the replicant whatever so I, I think that it, was her
1: programming to want to buy upgrades and spend money if she is truly a problem yeah
0: that's part of the programming I think but I think towards the end I I'm gonna inclined to believe that at least we're meant to think that she did kind of evolve just like Joe did uh and kind of get past her programming and that she did truly like she also I mean she realized that being smashed meant the end of her kind of mortality and that she wasn't going to be around but instead of pleading, you know, saying don't do it, you know, the last thing that she says is expressing her love to him. I think that was actually kind of genuine. So I think that she had evolved to that point. So hot david's
2: wrong. No, mm-hmm. I not, I I think the argument can be made either way. No,
1: no. He said it more with me. That's that's a win for me. We're we're done with that topic. We're done with that question. Right.
2: Moving on. So
0: next. <laughs> if you were an architect memory maker, what childhood memory would you implant into others? It could be profound or innocuous. Do you want the real answer or the joke answer? Whatever you want to give. I only get one? You could give both, but I think one might have less punch than the other. So... Tell us whatever you want. These are very important questions, Jared. You're supposed to give us what, uh, what the listener expects.
1: I remember this one day where my grandma was visiting me, and I dressed up like Superman because I thought I was Superman, right? And I climbed up my dog's chain, and this was a chain that Jasper had that went from one tree to the next. And my dad admitted himself, and it slipped out, right? So, of course, I slipped. I fell, landed on my back, couldn't breathe. I remember the EMTs surrounding me, trying to wake me up, trying to get me to breathe, because apparently I stopped breathing for like a good solid minute. And then I remember waking up at the hospital, kind of barely being able to breathe. And I remember being back at home surrounded by family because of the day that we had and how good eating cake felt afterwards. And just being surrounded by family, and then my grandma made me laugh, and it, I, I coughed, you know, like when you run out of breath, and you're like, oh, grandma, that hurt, that grandma that hurt. And I remember that moment of just sheer panic and terror in my mom's face, finding me, f- like, face up, right, just trying to gasp for air because I'd knocked the wind out of me so bad. And then just all the the love and support all the way up through uh, to kind of let you know that you're okay, right? And And that's a memory that I would have gone off of that would have helped build and solidify family. As as wildly important as as family is to all of us, even even though we hate some of our family, it is a very important social structure that we as humans have that make us human.
0: That's a phenomenal answer, Jerry. Nicely done.
2: Yeah, this question just makes me sad. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I just I was oh fuck. What about I mean, you? you think about this a lot, actually. I think if you're a decent fucking parent, uh, when you have kids and you start thinking about, you know, the things that really mattered and what do you want? You know, how do you want to impart that? How do you want to leave that? So you start thinking about, and there's not any one thing that I can point to that, you know, sort of made me, uh, obviously we are, we're a sum of, of of the pieces but I don't know i I would have to say, like, I don't have a particular single memory. I'd have to think a lot harder to answer that, but the time
0: he got stabbed, all right
2: uh no, no, <laughs> I didn't learn shit from that uh, <laughs> not in the moment, anyways, not till much, much later. um no, but i i I think it would probably be some of the words of. Of wisdom and things that were imparted to me by my grandfather because I definitely made a lot of decisions and learned how to handle things and grow from some of the things that he would say to us Um, and just sort of who he was as a person Um, and I would try I would have to find a memory that encompasses that because I think that that, to Jared's point, not only reinforces that family, but there was a, I don't know, my grandpa wasn't a cocky man, but there was always an air of, I don't want to even say confidence, but he he was calm when everything was chaos mm-hmm. and that mel- made him feel stronger than everyone else. And that was always something that was very comforting when when I was growing up and something that I always strive to be so
0: it's very cool uh mine is very similar to jared's it's a very similar story actually um i don't remember how old i was six maybe um i was outside playing with a friend and i had a like a spider-man shirt on and i wanted more than anything to be Spider-Man. And I was playing with my friend and kind of just, you know, laughing and running and joking around, jumping and saying that I was Spider-Man and up the uh, we lived on, it was actually called Hill Street. Uh, So it's this gigantic hill. And up at the top of the hill was kind of like this affluent family. And uh, they had a teenage son and he was walking up with a bunch of his friends uh, up the street going to his house and me being a kid, you know, just saying, I'm Spider-Man. And that caught the attention of this fucking dickbag who decided, like, oh, you're Spider-Man? Well, dodge this. And he chucked a rock at me, hit me right underneath my eye, which I still have a scar. And to this day, almost took my eye out. Like, had it been, you know, half an inch, quarter inch, whatever, higher, it would have taken my eye completely out. But I just remember just the sting and then putting my hand to my face reflexively and then just seeing nothing but blood in my tiny hands and just freaking the fuck out. And just the, the unleashing of, you know, so my dad like uh, worked nights and when he came home, like I had, cause I had to go and get three stitches in my eye. Uh, And he came home from work and and saw this uh, and he's like, Oh, to to my mom like oh you missed a spot of dirt under his eye and she's like no those those are stitches and told him what happened he immediately without hesitation you know trekked his ass up to that house and like read that guy a fucking riot act and i mean you know nothing became of it i think they paid the hospital bill or whatever but it was like it was a pittance and nothing and like there was no remorse or anything like that but just like it was like the one time that i can remember in my life that my dad like really stuck up for me and um It was a kind of a impactful moment. So I didn't mean to bring the whole fucking uh, showdown everybody with all (laughs) like downhearted answers. uh, But so let's move on to, to a little bit lighter fare (laughs) than would you rather be a replicant farmer slash uh, a replicant protein slash grub farmer, or uh, well, you're technically flesh from blood or be a sentient holographic assistant slash love interest without a body of your own.
2: I don't no, think... I'd like to be interesting. So, yes. I'll be the
3: Jesus.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've uh there's a movie <laughs> called The Time Machine from 2002 oh, if I remember correctly and the hologram librarian is a very linchpin piece of the puzzle and it is astonishing and I would rather be that AI that sentient AI uh, love interest so right out there okay david knows what movie i'm talking about
2: i uh, badly i do and
1: it's a really good movie up until a point up until a point it's a really good movie
0: Fucking suck my dick! <laughs> wow, so David just made the funniest face in the history of the show. <laughs> uh, basically saying like, no, he disagrees. It's not an interesting movie. Okay, so uh, Jared's going with uh, sentient AI, and David, you said you want to be interesting, so I'm guessing that means that you want to be the flesh and blood yeah. uh, replicant. Okay, I yeah. am also going to go uh, replicant, even though like the AI i guess means kind of that you'd be immortal uh, barring any kind of like someone smashing that emulator thing yeah who the fuck wants that uh yeah the <laughs> jared wants that oh my god
2: Ugh, no Oof. gross uh, also on a real note not poking fun at jared on this answer like i don't know i'm i'm a very tactile person so the idea of not being able to touch anything also mm-hmm. just wigs me out so
0: yeah to never touch or be touched or anything like that to like, yeah, that would be this hellscape nightmare. And plus you're, you're kind of destined. It's the same kind of argument with the the vampire thing, right? Like that have like, you know, mortal companions or whatever you're destined to kind of watch all of them die and fall by the wayside while you just keep on into perpetuity. And that just feels like a whole other like level of existential dread that I'm not prepared for. So yeah, I'm going, (laughs) Jesus. All right. Say the Saints characters are the same, the same actors and everything. But instead of Connor and Murphy, McManus and Il Duce, they are named Liam, Ryan and Doyle McPoyle instead. (laughs) A, would you still take the movie seriously? And B, with those names off the table, what would It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia name their characters instead?
1: I've never watched it. Uh, it's sunny. I've never what? seen it. Nope.
0: What? I kind of, you, I think you enjoy it quite a bit. I've
1: seen uh, small little clips of it, and I just, I don't have any want, drive, or need to watch any of it.
0: Oh,
2: um, it's so funny.
1: I just, uh, the, the clips are fine with me. I'll keep them coming, but I just, I don't want to watch it. And I would 100% still watch it. I would absolutely love it. Doyle McFoyle, fucking, yeah, sign me up. He's it's
2: McPoyle. All right.
1: It just he's the baddest motherfucker alive like you you unleash Doyle McPoyle and he'll fuck your world up I'd be like wait what's his name
2: <laughs> sure send him whatever oh god Let's see what happens but then never mind <laughs> what do you think David? oh nothing i was just going now i was thinking about well where's their sister and all that <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, jared if you watch nothing else uh you like oh i forget which episode i mean all of the McPoyle appearances are, are phenomenal but uh when <laughs> it's i was thinking the one where she licks her lips
2: that's oh like, god
0: <laughs> phenomenal like you have to seek that out uh, <laughs> all right so what do you think would be a uh, good alternative names then Cause I know that you like sunny.
2: Yeah. Oh man. I don't even know what you call. Oh man. It, it would have to be like the most stereotypical Irish names ever. And then one, like kind of Irish, but not one people think of. So like, it's gotta be like, uh, you know, uh, what's the, what's the fucking name I was just thinking of. Uh, fuck uh my brain just blacked out on me cuz so like uh people there's an actor named this and people fuck it up all the time uh it starts with an s like <laughs> fuck it's spelled a really male
0: well. name or a female name shivan um,
2: uh shivan is the one i was thinking of yes thank you so you got to have for the older brother because he's got to have the effeminate name uh you have like a sean or even well murphy's off the table huh um but something like that and then you got to have like an edwin <laughs> just, <laughs> just... <laughs> so like i said just like super hardcore irish names and then one
0: eh. <laughs> <laughs> i like it jared you have to seek that out man look up uh just put in Sonny McPoyles and yeah, I'm sure you'll laugh your ass off. All right, uh, Doc had Tourette syndrome and as a result, he would stutter and yell fuck and ass in sometimes inappropriate situations that were played for comedy. He also had a habit of mixing up proverbs and providing some malifors. Uh, Give me a good mixed idiom. Jared, do you know what that means? Like what we're looking for? Like no, I I I know
1: what I I I, <laughs> I know the jokes that, that they would make. It's like, you know what they say about those who've been glass house. And I'll make like a tree and fuck out, or you know like <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Like I just I can't think of any dumb one that would that would fit well. Cause like a lot of mine are those idioms like slow smooth smooth as butter. I don't like, but it's still technically a part of it. It's, I don't know. He who casts the first stone is. A tree trunk. I don't what the, <laughs> what the fuck? I, I don't I don't like I don't that's know. A good one. <laughs> I have no, no uh,
2: idea. No, that's that's the that's, kind of that's thing great. You would say. that's what I was looking for. Uh see I was thinking something along the lines of like the road to hell is paved with flying colors or you know, something like that.
0: It's <laughs> <That's> also great. <laughs> oh I think we hit the nail right on the nose with that one.
2: <laughs> I may have had this conversation a few times did you really oh (laughs) we definitely have uh my brother and i have a hundred percent come up with other like proverbs (laughs) that that's incredible
0: (laughs) amazing all right would you rather have your pinky finger shot off or get shot in both the leg and the arm
2: uh both the leg and the arm
1: i don't know i mean i know the pinky is very very useful but I think getting shot once is better than getting shot twice. So uh, I'd have to lose a pinky.
2: Replacing body parts is a bitch, man. I don't really <laughs> use a pinky though. Like You use it more than you think.
0: Yeah, and you just said, like, you know that it's useful. Like I, mean, I think I know that it's if useful, you didn't have it, you'd find out that
1: Like playing Tarkov would be just a little bit diff- more difficult, but I already suck ass <laughs> at that game anyway, so
2: Listen, brother. Yeah, but you're you're uh Pocket pool sessions are going to change quite a bit there. Your grip is way different.
1: Look, I already have uh, a pocket so...
2: player for me, and her name is
1: Jennifer, So,
2: we're all good. I do hey. have seen The Witcher. Anyways, what? No. That, her, her...
1: <laughs> so, the first night of bowling that we went out, fun little side story, I I didn't want to misspell her name, so I I put J-E-N, and then I turn around and she's like, no, you're doing it right. I was like, No, I just wanted to have a fake funny name. Like, what's a funny name that you want to put out there, right? And that was my way of not having to misspell her first name. And then I came up with Princess Toadstool. And then she was like, but you're going to be Geralt. I was like, from The Witcher, right? She's like, yeah. I was like, you're Yennefer then. And I've been affectionately referring to her as Yennefer. uh, And she absolutely adores it, so...
0: Yeah. Here I was thinking that that was actually legitimately her name and you're just trolling <laughs> us the entire time. Yeah, you absolutely. Are You did. kidding me?
2: <laughs> you didn't you didn't get that?
0: No. Yeah, I, I
2: why No, I mean because he had
0: like previous to this he had been talking about her a lot saying Yen, 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 Yennefer and whatever and I was like, that's "Okay, okay that's her fucking name." Oh. Like I didn't know that it was like the that it had spawned from the Witcher thing from bowling. That, that I didn't know
2: there. that part of it. But...
0: Yeah. No, I I had legitimately thought that that was her name all the time that he'd previously referenced. I mean, she her,
2: technically so. is a witch. So didn't she put a picture in the group chat with her name spelled? What?
1: Or was, did you just no, send that, that to was me? me? I sent I sent the message in the group chat. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, I called. Her, Never yeah, mind. No, I called her Jennifer in the group chat. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I just said, That's you, how I knew they, her name wasn't actually Yennefer.
1: I don't. I I sent that photo to a couple of people. Don't worry, Eric. You're fine. You're, okay. You're just not that special <laughs> in my life
0: anymore. Obviously.
1: Jesus. I've moved on.
0: <sighs> yeah. Well, got I, I got. to stick mean. with Mark.
1: His conspiracy theories are better. <laughs>
0: you Just call him a lunatic. I think he's already given up on you. <laughs> <laughs> The Beast of Javadon is one of my favorite cryptid slash historical mysteries. You have a favorite cryptid and or mythological beast or historical mystery. If so, what is it?
1: The wind opening my fucking door every single time. Every single fucking time the wind blows extra hard and my screen door is not secure. That fucker just rips open and just scares the piss out of me, dude. I don't.
0: Well, you just said that the, it, every time it's not secure, so I don't think that there's a lot of mystery to that. No, I there's not it's... a lot of
1: mystery to me, but it scares the fuck out of me. All right, <laughs> so it's like a cryptid, uh, the New Jersey Devil.
3: Cool. I,
1: I, I love the story behind it. Uh, a witch gets pregnant by the devil and has hooved babies and stuff like that, and people make up all these stories. And they've had these like crystal clear photos and like snow and stuff, and it's just
0: what? Do I have to pull out the actually what she, she did not actually Jared, I paid mother my- leads had 12 children and she was not really impregnated by the devil she was pregnant with her 13th child and the birth was so complicated and painful that she said let oh. this one be the devil and oh. then it came out as the jersey devil supposedly so oh, i ha-
2: actually i have to pull up it's I'm um gonna- actually oh, that's fine okay.
1: But yeah, I, I I love the story behind that because it's just so far fetched. It's like you can kind of believe chupacabra, you can kind of believe Bigfoot. Like y- there's a lot of things that you can kind of believe, and you can kind of be like, ah, that's 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 close enough. But the Jersey Devil, nah, brah. like nah. like that, like that's I a. Know, nah. I
0: don't know. A lot of people, people hard Seen it,
2: David. What uh, do you think? Um, my favorite like meme one is of course the chupacabra like i love to make chupacabra jokes uh mostly because of my cousins and and people i've worked with and stuff but as far as like actual story though like um there's another uh story kind of in line with the Beast of jevadon although they know what the the creatures were it's two male lions um, they've actually made a movie about it. The ghosts in, Ghost in the darkness to be Susavo. Um, They're actually yep. at the
0: field museum in Chicago.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is God, I want to go see them so bad. Um, cause that's another one that I've studied a lot. And I, I love that story. The movie is great, but the story is wild and insane. Um, and especially lines. when you start like talking to, like, I got a chance to actually talk to a preacher from, uh, Ghana, whose dad was like, or not dad, great or grandfather? Yeah. Anyway, someone in his family was in the area when that stuff was happening. Um, and like they're convinced you cannot convince them otherwise that those were not like demons. Like, so it's it's wild to hear people like talk about it and to read accounts and stories and stuff from that and while I know it's not technically, I guess, a cryptid because we know what was happening, uh, that story is is definitely my favorite.
1: That's the two male lions a... that basically hunted humans, right?
2: Yeah, and they found, like, stripped flesh and, like, um, just massive piles of bones in their den and stuff. I think they were responsible for killing um, well over 20 men. Um, it's, audience, it's wild. Yeah,
0: I think it the, the count is even higher than that. I think uh I'm trying to find I know I've got a Name yeah you a I will send <laughs>
3: he just said that.
0: What, no, like the make,
1: is, are you talking about the one that they just recently made? What? They're they they're making it and I think they're making another movie about them that was like ju- that just recently came out or that's coming out.
0: I just sent you guys uh two the, the text thread of us, the picture of the actual Lions of Saddle. So you have that to enjoy. So that is pretty cool. And it's interesting that we're talking about movies because my next question is, who would you pick to star in an epic movie about it? Give me a lead, a sidekick, and a love interest. But Jared, you can't pick Henry Cavill for any of the choices.
2: Wait, what's the question?
0: Who would you pick to star in an epic movie about your selection?
2: Oh. Uh,
1: Madonna is the mother um, <laughs> of the Jersey Devil. Uh, the Jersey Devil is played by Jared Leto. And then uh, the 13 kids are just random fucking little kids that they find on the street.
0: That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I uh, love you, Jared. That is that's incredible.
1: is the devil.
0: <laughs> he does the shoulder shrug and he looks up, pretentiously. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, David. What do you think, buddy?
2: Uh, I'm trying to remember uh, the dude's name uh, right now. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Uh, I am so bad with people's fucking names.
0: <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal. Shut up! I hate <laughs> you so much.
2: Um, <laughs> who is the the Jesus? He used to write for SNL. A um, uh, Mulaney, John Mulaney. I want okay. John Mulaney to voice the lions.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's awesome. He'd do very uh, well at it.
2: Uh, uh, um. Hmm. and uh you gotta go with jeff bridges as the hunter
0: (laughs) okay is this a live action thing
2: Uh, clearly obviously okay uh all right yeah john John Mulaney is gonna be the internal monologue for the lions okay which we haven't had in any other telling of this and uh (laughs) jeff bridges is gonna be the hunter and you're gonna feel bad but you're gonna laugh the entire time
0: I, I just pictured, because I'm sure you've seen the Mulaney stand-up, like the new in town one. Yeah. I, I, I could just <laughs> picture the lines like, first of all, uh, uh, I am gay, I have AIDS, and I'm new in town. <laughs> that's,
2: that's exactly what I'm thinking. Like, I want one of them to be sassy as fuck. <laughs> The real reason they're eating people is because they do not approve of their life choices. <laughs> all right. This guy's got to go. He's got loafers after January. This is fucking insane.
0: <laughs> That's incredible. I love it. All right. Would you rather uh, be able to commune with all animals to some small degree as Manny apparently can, or have a stronger relationship, which is one animal Again, with less implied cruelty, like the Beastmaster. Hmm.
1: I mean, if, if we're talking about one animal in, in in general, like if it's me and my boys, I would love the, the more personal connection with the boys. Because uh, there are times where I'd like to go, please stop chirping while I'm on phone calls. No, you,
0: you would get only one. It would just be Helios. Like he, like blue is a complete mystery to you. Like Helios, Helios though, is you not can... the
1: mystery though. Blue is blue is the mystery. He he is the one who will chirp when everything is fine constantly and try to get my attention. And I'm like, what? You have fresh food. You have fresh water. You got fresh snacks. Everything's clean. What? Why are you chirping every thirty seconds? Your what face. is your problem? What? <laughs> I no. so it's your face. <laughs> when I look at him, he goes quiet and he's like, "Oh, hey dad, what's up?" fucking what is right um let say
2: it was a negative
1: i'd 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 probably say then like it'd just be a general understanding because then i could like i could convey very simplistic messages to 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 the masses and become aquaman
0: there you go yeah i i kind of agree that like uh even though i would love to have a more like uh, a stronger kind of uh, connection, I wouldn't know who to choose. I mean, because we've had so many kind of animals, because like I've said multiple times before, like these are our children, you know, we, we can't have human children. And so I mean, animals, you know, pets are our kids. So I mean, I would like to have, I guess, the smaller degree to be able to kind of communicate more with them, but have an understanding with them, rather than in single uh, one of them out. But David, sorry, I didn't mean
2: to go ahead of you. No, you're you're good. Uh, Not to be contrarian, I would actually prefer the individual uh, deep understanding. Um, I've always been more of a one pet at a time. Like, I've had lots of pets, but there's only, like, even within those, there's always only ever been one that's like, all right, this is my Mm -hmm. animal. The rest of them are fine, but this one is mine. Um, it chose me. I chose it. Um, and I've had that be cats over my lifetime. I've had it be rats, um, actually. Uh, and I have some fun stories about that. Uh, I actually have a rat that broke out of its in- uh, enclosure and evaded two cats that wanted to eat it so it could come chill with me and sleep next to me. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so I mean, I-, I would definitely much, much rather have that one where I could understand them as well as they understand me.
0: That's cool. Yeah, not a wrong answer there. Okay, and then finally, the most important of them all, it's the combination question. You have to choose one to swap places with, a replicant being hunted by Kay, an Italian mob lackey being hunted by the saints, or a female peasant in Jevedon during the beast's reign. Which are you choosing, and why? A
1: female peasant during the reign of the beast. I don't want to give my answer.
2: Uh huh. I bet. I I, <laughs> I, f- I feel
1: I feel like I could whore myself to to safety. Jesus. So I, I I feel like I could give the best sloppy toppy in the world, <laughs> and just sleep my way to safety. I feel like I could do that, right?
2: Oh my god! Oh, Jared. <laughs> what? I, I I
1: I I have faith in my abilities, my know how, uh, and uh, and and everything I am aware of currently. I believe I could sleep my way to safety. <laughs> Oh. Sloppy oh, I would hand out blowjobs like it's fucking candy. <laughs> oh you my realize God. this
2: is you know what? Never mind. I'm not even gonna no, point no, it I, out. I, oh.
1: I know. I know. But it it you got it back in the day though, boy,
2: just It's magma. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, no, I know. I, I, so I, I will introduce, butter, All right.
1: I will introduce <laughs> cleansing tactics. All right. Cleansing <laughs> tactics. All right.
2: <laughs> we can we can clean ourselves. <laughs>
1: General hygiene will take <laughs> off the <and> soar <gasps> to new heights. And
2: Eric and half the viewers just threw up. <laughs> as you should have. I got saying, a story about that someday, by the way, but I'll tell it off air. Um, just,
1: I'm just saying I could reintroduce new healthy standards and practices.
2: No, you can't because washing is for the devil, people. That's Why right. the Jews were not good Christians. Then okay? I can give the Ask best the handies. Ask the Roman Catholic Church.
1: I give the best handies
2: jesus anyways uh (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) that's
0: right i oh my
2: god (laughs) i (laughs) forgot most of the question so i'm gonna go with replicant because if i get to keep at least some of my knowledge i i could live off grid so fuck it and that and if he kills me he kills me it's whatever
0: yeah, I mean, actually, I have the same answer. Replicant being hunted by K because I think, uh, yeah, given because um, what's Sapper Morgan? He said he was able to live there for what twenty some years or whatever. Like, yeah, he obviously had done well enough. Like, and as we said, who really wants to live forever anyway? <laughs> like,
2: right? So. Yeah, and at yeah. least I ain't going out like a bitch.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I cherish it. Sloppy toppies is sleep is way to safety. That it is. uh, uh is I it mean, bad
2: he, that it took me a minute to realize he meant a sex thing? Like I was like, <laughs> dude, my mind went to like a coffee or something, and I was like, oh, he means a blowjob. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Just la,
3: la, la. <laughs> uh,
1: You're right, Your Honor. Oh. You are great at making
2: decisions. Ha. <laughs> oh with this cough you're gonna kill me man
0: oh, oh well, that is, uh I can't not think of a better segue to, to wrap this up than that that uh, that tickles me in a way that I guess only Jared as a female <laughs> peasant in yes. the 18th
2: century uh, <laughs> it chortles something
0: good. if you know what I mean <laughs> oh it sure does oh my god uh, <laughs> my butter big daddy <laughs> David oh. My friend, please tell everybody where they can find more, more of you.
2: No, I just got French prostitute jokes on my brain. <laughs> uh, you can find me and my ankles showing at twitch.tv slash <laughs> Uh You can find me at a Real Pizza Sitcom <laughs> and also frequent guest on File Under Entertainment uh, where we Discuss movies and music in alphabetical order. Great time. Look for all of my episodes. Uh, without Jake is better, but, you know, we allow him to tag along, too. And, of course, uh, I am the talent on uh, Nobody's Listening.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs>
2: oh,
0: that was incredible. Uh, Jared, where could they find <laughs> more sloppy sure. top? if you uh
1: if you would like my random ramblings and random thought processes come check me out on nobody's listening where uh you can hear everything the 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 new the older episodes are probably better when i just go on rants and raves (laughs) that jake is slogging through right now riley's parrot on youtube riley's parrot 2 on tiktok i am out there doing things as well too and yeah uh file entertainment every other tuesday and the evil mark show uh when we get back on air, when preseason starts. So, yeah. Or just, you know, under a, under a desk with the uh, the high priests and stuff. You know, who knows? We'll, we'll see where life takes me.
0: And I am Eric. You can find more of me over at the Evil Mark Show as well. The Superior Thursday College Football Edition. And during the College Football offseason, we branch out to all sports and more popular culture So you can find uh, me, as well as Mark, who was mentioned but didn't appear on this episode. You can find him over there. That's his show. And, of course, every episode of File on Entertainment, all the backlog of this is season three. Now we're getting into it. So until next time, let's slam that filing cabinet shut. Thanks for being here.